oven. It is 21 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. You did it. You did it. You did it. Democrat Connor Lamb is declaring victory in the closely watched 18th Congressional District special election. NBC projecting he has, in fact, come out on top, although many saying it's too close to call. The numbers show Lamb leading Republican Rick Saccone by less than 600 votes. Saccone campaign officials say they are going to explore all legal options and will not give up the fight. Absentee ballots reportedly going to be a key in the final tally of votes for this election. Last night, Connor Lamb said that people actually do support programs like Social Security. We talked to everyone. We invited everyone in. And we found that there is public support for programs like Social Security and Medicare that's nearly universal because these programs are universal. Lamb says people are looking for real solutions to their problems. People want to be heard. They want to talk about serious things and honest solutions, not be drowned out by dark money, distorting the truth and telling lies to our children. Lamb also said last night he'd be happy to reach across the aisle to help his constituents. I'll work on the problems our people face, secure their jobs and pensions, protect their family, and I will work with anyone to do that. Pennsylvania's Secretary of State's office says because the race is in just one district and not statewide, a recount is not required by law. Petitions for a recount are allowed, however. And I would assume that... uh, Oh, yeah. Rick Saccone's people will be all over that today. Investigators say two women took more than $73,000 from the get-go they worked at. Uh, Police say Jennifer Ion and Wendy Redler would pretend to ring up sales while pocketing the money. Police say the two would scan cigarettes, void the transaction, and keep the money. Police say along with inventory sheets and surveillance video, there was actually a cheat sheet hanging up in the store. On how to do it? I guess, yes. That's 73 a lot of, grand. I that, mean, that's, that's a, a lot of Marilite 100s. That's a lot of smokes, yeah. And based on the story, I think it was the, at the Craft and Ingram shopping center. <laughs> I think that was the get-go that they worked at. So the, they know exactly how much they, they stole because they kept the cheat sheet? No, no, no. I, I think the cheat sheet was telling teaching people how to do it. Oh, because I was thinking, like, how would they ever know how much? I guess if they did like a inventory, and- an inventory, they could kind of figure that math out. Inventory, and you'd be able to see how many voids you had. Yeah, and for how much? Oh, the U.S. spends about <laughs> twice as much on health care as other high-income nations, but Americans aren't healthier than people in other countries. The analysis published in the Journal of American Medicine shows the U.S. spends almost 18% of GDP on health care. That compares to a range of less than 9% to about 12.5% in 10 other nations. But the U.S. has the shortest life expectancy and higher infant mortality rates. Study compares healthcare spending in the U.S., Britain, Canada, Australia, France, Germany, Japan, Sweden, the Netherlands, Switzerland, and Denmark. Well, I guess that study doesn't apply to this woman, a South Texas woman celebrating her 108th birthday. A party was thrown for Maria Lamas Trevino yesterday at Sacred Heart Parish Hall in Falfurrias, Texas. Trevino has lived there since she was 15 after immigrating from Mexico with her parents. She still lives at home. 
and she goes to church every Sunday. Wow. So happy 108th birthday. Wow. Every time, Val, now every time I hear about somebody who's this old, all I can think of is, man, that would upset Val. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing that's not Val. Yeah. Considering that the odds of a perfect March Madness bracket are 1 in 9.2 quintillion, safe to say you're probably not going to get all your picks right, but thanks to computers and math and algorithms and all kinds of witchcraftery, uh, you can improve your chances at least a little bit. One way is to use the Hack the Bracket artificial intelligence engine put together online by Adobe. The website lets you plug in any two teams in the tournament and get the probability of each outcome. Over the last five years, it's been correct about 82% of the time. So while there is no way for any computer program to perfectly predict winners, at least this gives you a better shot than going with your gut. Yeah, 82% is pretty damn good. But probably better than most people. A massive box set of Jerry Garcia recordings before the birth of the Grateful Dead is scheduled to arrive May 11th. The appropriately titled Before the Dead collection will include a treasure trove of never-before-heard performances, recordings that have never been commercially released, and some that have. The set will be available as a four-CD package and a limited-edition five-vinyl album box set limited to 2,500 copies. Finally, the life of the late Beatles manager Brian Epstein is being turned into a scripted TV series. Bravo is adapting the graphic novel The Fifth Beatle, The Brian Epstein Story. Its author Vivek J. Tiwari is writing the script and co-executive producing the limited-run series. It'll center around Epstein's personal drama as a gay Jewish man in England at a time when homosexuality was a felony there. It'll cover the period from when he first saw the Beatles at the Cavern Club in Liverpool to his suicide in 1967. One big selling point for the show is that Tiwari has gotten access to the Lennon-McCartney song catalog, so this makes The Fifth Beatle the first Beatles-related biopic to actually have Beatles pen songs on the soundtrack. Oh, that's cool. So no uh, no date on when that's coming out. Windy, cold, and snowy temperatures in the 30s, but wind chills in the teens all day today. It's 21 degrees. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. We're off and running in the NCAA Tournament. The first two games in the first four last night in Dayton, Ohio. Radford of the Big South Conference takes care of LIU Brooklyn from the Northeast Conference, 71-61. to And then St. Bonaventure of the Atlantic 10 topples UCLA of the Pac-12, 65-58. One of the things I love about the tournament, and there are many things, as you guys have heard already this week, and you will hear for the next three weeks, the mm-hmm. tradition of it. Randy, you mentioned yesterday that uh, you recalled Bob Lanier having played for St. Bonaventure. Once one of the... Well, he was before my time. I just remember there was a big guy from... And he's legendary. Yeah. For the big feet when he's in the NBA. Right. There's a bronze statue of his feet in in Olean uh, in St. Bonaventure. But he was was the guy back in 1969-70. St. Bonaventure went to the Final Four, but Lanier got injured in the regional final, so he couldn't play... In the final four, St. Bonaventure lost to Jacksonville, denying it a chance to play UCLA for the national championship. And Mark Schmidt, the coach of St. Bonaventure, referenced the 1970 team after his team beat UCLA last night in 2018. Wow. And basically said, I hope this makes those guys feel a little better. We were thinking of them. <laughs> I mean, how do you get from, from here to there? But he did, and it was beautiful. Mark Schmidt, a former coach at Robert Morris, by the way. 
Uh, two more games on tap tonight in the first four. Texas Southern from the Southwestern Athletic Conference against North Carolina Central of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, and then Syracuse from the ACC against Arizona State in the Pac-12. You know what gets me fired up every year for March Madness? I go back and watch the 30 for 30 with Jimmy Valvano, Survive in Advance. It's one of the best documentaries ever for sports for me. Yeah, that's one of the... uh heartwarming slash heartbreaking stories of sports history, really, the Jim Valvano story. I mean, the fact that, like, who they beat that year, Houston with, like, Clyde the Glide, I mean, that team was stacked. And to win it on an air ball (laughs) that they happened to rebound and dunk at the buzzer. But he's just so awesome, man. His speeches, the way he conducted himself, just an inspiration. Some uh, bad news for Virginia as uh, the Cavaliers get ready to enter the tournament as one of the favorites to go all the way. Their sixth man, DeAndre Hunter, is not going to play. He suffered a broken wrist in the ACC tournament. Uh, he is out. He's six foot nine, averages 9.2 points and 3.5 rebounds. He was the ACC's sixth man of the year this season. Thanks. The NFL's free agency officially begins at 4 o'clock today, but all kind of deals have been agreed upon since Monday. A lot of big names changing addresses. A lot of big checks are poised mm-hmm. to be cashed. And a free agency has already struck the Steelers. Chris Hubbard, uh, one of their valuable reserves on the offensive line, uh, reportedly is going to sign for the Browns five years, $37.5 million. Wow. That's big for Hub, right? That's more than Marcus Gilbert. Or Alejandro Villanueva make the Steelers two starting tackles. That's incredible. Todd Haley strikes already. I think he was uh, in the year of the Cleveland personnel people. Hey, you got to get Chris Hubbard. I mean, he has the goods, though, doesn't he, Mike? How valuable was he? You could put him anywhere. And what a story. You know, Chris Hubbard was a high school basketball teammate of Jarvis Jones. And then Jarvis Jones ended up going to Georgia. Chris Hubbard went to Alabama, Birmingham. Jarvis Jones was a first-round pick. Chris Hubbard was an undrafted free agent entering the (laughs) league. And now here we are. Hubbard is cashing a huge check. And is Jarvis Jones even in the league anymore? I don't think so. I don't think anybody got him. He might be on a practice squad. Hubbard, an example of uh, work hard, keep your mouth shut, be persistent. And this is what can happen. Good for him. And maybe you don't have all the doors open for you initially, but you you force your way through one and you do enough to hang around. And when your chance comes, you take advantage of it. And eventually you get rewarded. He's a great story. I, you know, Steelers are sad, I'm sure, to lose him. But I'm sure everybody over there is elated for him because he was just that kind of good guy. Surprise, he's, he's surprise, kind of Mike. Guy. The Arizona Cardinals picked up Jarvis Jones last year. I don't know if he's yeah, going to be on the team this year. I don't year. know if he's still with them or not. Um, you never know. Uh, also, um, Alejandro, Alejandro Villanueva has uh, restructured his deal to help the Steelers with some salary cap space. He falls along uh, in the footsteps of Antonio Brown, Stephon Tuitt, and David DeCastro. Steelers have... Several unrestricted free agents on the board. Uh, None of them would be considered key guys. Uh, Linebacker Arthur Motes. Linebacker Sean Spence. Bill, you were asking about those guys yesterday. Wide receiver Justin Hunter. 
Running back Steven Ridley and nose tackle Daniel McCullers are unrestricted free agents for the Steelers. Hubbard has gone to Cleveland. Le'Veon Bell has been given the franchise tag but has yet to sign it. Uh, the Post-Gazette reporting that among the Steelers' restricted free agents, Anthony Ciccolo has been tendered the low tender offer. Uh, he's going to get $1.797 million on a one-year deal. Uh, if he signs elsewhere, the Steelers can choose to match it or receive a sixth-round draft pick as compensation. Chris Boswell is going to make 2.746. If he signs another deal, the Steelers can match it or receive a second-round pick as compensation, and they can, of course, uh, extend those guys long-term. The other restricted free agents for the Steelers, Fitz Toussaint, Greg Ducree, and Eli Rogers, who is coming off an ACL injury. He did not. Rogers was not tendered, so he's a free agent. But who's going to sign him? It's Randy's coming favorite off, player. Coming off an ACL injury. Roosevelt Nix and Jordan Berry have already been re-signed as restricted free agents. And uh, among the exclusive rights free agents, B.J. Finnery, Cam Canaday, Matt Filer, Mike Hilton, and Xavier Grimble have already been re-signed. Uh, Mike Matthews remains a, an exclusive rights free agent. Pens are uh, at New York tonight to take on the Rangers. 8 o'clock on your Pens flagship, 105.9. The X, uh, things have been going swimmingly for the Penguins of late, particularly in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, the Pens will hit the ice tonight with a 15-6 record against Metropolitan teams. That's the best intra-division record in the NHL this year. Under Mike Sullivan, the Pens are 53-21-3 against Metro teams. That is a winning percentage of .708. Hey, you got to be tough in your neighborhood first, mm-hmm. right? Before you take on the world, you gotta you gotta be the toughest kid on your block. Uh, Pittsburgh also five one and one in its last seven visits to Madison Square Garden. Penguins trail the Caps by one point for first place in the Metro. The Caps have played one fewer game. This is gonna be a weird game to watch tonight. It's gonna be like watching Henrik Lundqvist and a cover band for the Rangers. <laughs> Who are these guys? I don't Who know do if they have left? I don't know if they're Bon Journey in terms of uh, their cover <laughs> band ability. Who the hell's left? Not, not many beside the King. JT Miller had a hat trick for Tampa last night. Nice. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's also one of my very good friends. Tampa. Ching, ching, ching. Oh, pick up that name. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Brewer did that way in here one time. He like mm-hmm. threw his keys on the table. He's like, sorry, let me pick that name up. I just dropped. Um, Tim Bay just got hugely talented at the trade deadline. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Can mm-hmm. the Penguins keep, keep it up? Can Matt Murray return to form? Can he return? He was taking Here's, shots. Took uh, They said full shots yesterday, which I thought was better than people just kind of lobbing them at him. Does that mean that? Took a few at the melon just to see how that's doing. I don't know how they do that. All right, line up. All right, if you can yeah, survive firing five squad. slap shots <laughs> to the mask. They bring Alexiak out. <laughs> just starts ripping slappers at him. That should be the Pittsburgh uh, Amazon Echo name, by the way. Alexiak. 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 The Iris. Oh, that's awesome. That's tremendous. Val, what do you got coming up top of the hour? Well, grunting is actually good for you at the gym, and we'll talk about, you know, another reason that shows how uh, rich people just live differently than the rest of us.
This it's one meathead up. at my gym was doing that, and I looked over, and he was chugging water. Grunting yep. while he was chugging water? He was like, water. got done ah. chugging water. He's like, ah. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> come on. I like the place that has a lunk alarm. That's the best. It's Planet Fitness. Oh. You do that, an alarm goes off. I've heard it. I thought it was just like a gimmick. It actually goes off. If I grunt at the gym... I'm hurt badly, or I had some intestinal distress yeah. and have to leave the gym. Not not a grunt as much as a yelp. Yeah. It's a, ah! it's a call 911. <laughs> <laughs> it is the DVE morning show. Mr. Wednesday unable to be here today. A look back at the best of Jeff Conkle. I think it's I, I think the one thing that nobody in the in the uh, media is talking about in terms of the, like how to take this country is uh is is jobs, right? No one's really talking about jobs. Because here's what I think. Robots are taking more jobs away from humans than Mexicans ever will. Nobody's talking about that. Automation, you know? They're taking away all of our jobs, these robots. I, what I want to know is where's the outrage? Where's the racism? Where's the robot racism, you know? Some guy just like, hey, circuit back, you take your servos and your microchips and you get the f*** out of Arizona. <laughs> That's just how it's going to go. That's how it's going to go, you know? 20 years from now, you're going to have to be bilingual, except it's going to be in binary or C++ or some shit. You're going to walk into a McDonald's and just be like, hey, can I get the uh, number two meal? The zero one zero meal? The dose? No, not DOS. Oh, don't reboot. Oh, f Someone call the manager, Borg. It's this country. I went to that robots exhibit at the Carnegie Science Center. You guys ever been to that one? And I'm a little bit of a paranoid freak at that thing. So I'm listening to, there's like a robot ambassador and he's talking to all the kids and he's just like, the future of robotics is bright for humankind. For every one job a robot takes from a human, several more will be created. And I'm looking at these six-year-olds and I was like, that's boo. It's like, that's lying. Did anybody see Terminator in here? You know, <laughs> parents are just shepherding their children away from me. My wife's in the corner. He's like, he's eccentric, but he doesn't beat me. So that's just a nice... It's a big plus, son. Mr. Wednesday. The robot racism. You know, we lost... It brings up a good point there. Oh, yeah. We lost uh, Stephen Hawking last night. The... Most brilliant man... Yeah, the smartest man alive. Ever to live. Astrophysicist. Who we used to joke around with by having him on the show all the time. He had a great sense of humor, too. So I never felt bad about doing that for that reason. I'm like, he probably would love this. But, uh... Has anybody ever read a Stephen Hawking book? Yes. No. Which one did you read? A Brief, Brief History yeah. of Time. Kamal Nanjani had a great uh, comment about that. He said it will make you feel smart and dumb at the same time reading his books. I, it was surprisingly readable. Yeah. You know, because um, the stuff that he's talking about, he's talking about black holes and, mm. <laughs> you know, stuff that's beyond most of our abilities to to contemplate i can't contemplate i don't understand i bet you if you read that book like you number one you would fly through it it's not a huge book mm -hmm. and it's just it's not dense like he's he he unpacks it that's what made him so brilliant he's taking these insanely complex ideas and and really kind of boiling them down into easy to understand for for idiots like me yeah, I have to wonder why we didn't just employ people like that to figure out the logistic uh, traffic nightmare of Pittsburgh's tunnels. 
Mm-hmm. There's like five spots in this town <laughs> that if if you could just figure them out, it would make traffic move smoothly almost all the time. Coming I, out of the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Going outbound Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Well, those are outbound black outbound. holes, kind of. The tunnels <laughs> that here. is true. Think about it. Uh, hey, you have two and a half more hours. Well, two hours and ten minutes to get your Shamrock Limerick in. It doesn't have to be about Shamrock. Get your shamrocks off is the contest. This says the deadline is noon today. Oh, noon. I thought it was 9 a.m. Okay, good. Noon. So you got five hours. Send us your limerick. If we like yours the best, you're going to have the best possible St. Paddy's Day weekend. The upcoming St. Paddy's Day parade in downtown Pittsburgh Saturday. We've got two nights hotel accommodation for you for the winter. Plus, you'll kegs and exit at Mulaney's Harp and Fiddle. Unlimited Uber for the weekend. You'll ride in the DVE Schultz Ford Parade truck with uh, me and Bill and Val and Sean Casey. (laughs) And then you Uber over to the Hard Rock to see the band Corn Beef and Curry play VIP accommodations there. Uber over to the Rex Theater. You'll be the guest MC for the huge bastard bearded Irishman show at the Rex Theater. You'll bring them on on the stage. How great is that? And then you get Permanis at the end of the night. You can go back to your hotel. And sleep it off. But you got to come up with a really good limerick. Send it to us at dv.com slash contest. You have till noon today. The forecast has changed by about 15 degrees for the parade on Saturday. For the better? Which way? Oh, worse. Beginning of the week, I saw low 60s. Yesterday, I saw upper 40s. I just saw 44 on the TV behind you. So get your hand warmers. All right. Well, maybe we'll give you hand warmers, too. I don't know. Bring your own hand warmers. But just get your limerick going there because you've got five more hours to be a part of the best damn St. Paddy's Day celebration ever. Valerie, what do you got coming up? We're going to talk about how grunting in the gym might actually be good for you and how rich people just live completely differently than the rest of us. Phil Bork talks pens a little bit later on this morning. Uh, he is in New York, Pens and the Rangers tonight. And Mark Madden will join us in the 9 o'clock hour. We announced the lineup for the DVE Comedy Fest yesterday. I mean, I know it's only mid-March, but it feels like this winter is just lasting it's forever. It's dragging on. It is uh, 21 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. Students in schools across Western, Pen- across Western Pennsylvania are planning to walk out of class today to honor the victims of the Parkland, Florida shooting. At least 13 school districts have plans in place to allow students to leave their classroom around 10 a.m. today. That's to take part in a 17-minute ceremony. The walkout commemorates the one-month anniversary of the shooting that killed 17 students and teachers. About 2,800 schools nationwide are expected to participate. Prosecutors said yesterday they will push for the death penalty for suspected shooter Nicholas Cruz. President Trump is aiming for space. Speaking to troops in San Diego yesterday, Trump said the U.S., may soon go beyond the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. We're doing a tremendous amount of work in space. I said, maybe we need a new force. We'll call it the Space Force. And I was not really serious. And then I said, what a great idea. Maybe we'll have to do that. That could happen. Ian Carmel, uh, comic, I had a great line about this. He said, I can't believe there's a, there's a president who bangs porn stars and wants a space army, and I still hate him. <laughs> <laughs> space yeah, force i mean 18 hey. year old me with i mean this is my candidate space force this is my guy tuesday nights 
on the Sci-Fi Network. Now, if the Space Army starts banging porn stars in space. Well, that's what it'll, all, it'll be. It'll just be them yeah. battling chlamydia. <laughs> that, like, that's, that'll be the enemy planet. <laughs> uh, a dog has died after it was stashed in an overhead bin during a New York-bound United oh, Airlines geez. flight. The dog was in a carrier on a flight from Houston to New York. A flight attendant ordered the owner to stow the dog in the overhead bin rather than putting it underneath the seat. The anguished owner later found the dog dead after it apparently suffocated. United Airlines issued a statement saying it does accept full responsibility for the tragedy since the dog should never have been placed in that overhead Who bin. Who put it in the overhead bin? The owner. They, it was ordered yeah, they, to they, by they the... they demanded he do that. Oh, boy, that is no good. Like, oh. at that point, you either get the person off the plane or you let the dog sit in the guy's lap, right? How? Where was the flight from? Uh, it was flying from Houston to LaGuardia. Three-hour flight. Oh, man. I mean, uh, it was a French bulldog. Those I would assume it was small enough Those to fit under a awesome. seat. Uh, I, put it on your lap. I mean... Or don't I, let him on the plane. I... Or totally. is the owner get off? I'm okay with right. well-behaved dogs being on planes. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, but I don't know if this dog was well-behaved. I don't. I don't know. The dogs Still, on a plane thing is a little tricky. If it, it is. was poorly behaved, that would be more reason to get it off the plane. I agree. Yeah, this is sort of the perfect storm. Like, I, I mean, I feel horrible for for this guy, but why would you? I wouldn't. Like, do well, I'm that. assuming it happened mid-flight. I, would, I I don't know about that. I would either refuse, be livid, and get off the plane and have that be the news story, or... If it was <laughs> mid-flight, there probably wouldn't be any room in the overhead bin. It would be all be taken. Oh. Look, I just w- I wouldn't put my dog up there no matter what. I'd, I'd get off the plane. I I've, would not fly with a dog. No. I, I would drive across country if I had to. Yeah. I, I just I can't. I hear too many stories about... Awful things happen. They get lost, or oh, they I would die never. Or... I would never ship the dog. No, we got a dog one time uh, when I was a kid. Uh, we loved the bearded collies. You know, like mm-hmm. for some reason, I don't know. My dad got one when he was a kid, and oh, they're great looking dogs. They're, they're, yeah, they're, but they're they're sheep dogs. You know, they're they need to run a lot and everything. But they they flew the dog in from Denver, and. That thing was, t- you turn on a vacuum cleaner and it was terrified. And I was convinced, and it was a very skittish dog, and I was mm-hmm. convinced it was because of that plane ride when it was a puppy. Oh, yeah. Like if the vacuum cleaner went on, this thing just went running for its cage and just hid in there. Terrified. Because he probably flew underneath the plane, right? In the cargo. Probably, yeah. And back then, they, you know. It wasn't quite as animal friendly, I'm no, sure. No, you know, the, I'm not sure if people's. Like awareness of animals was quite the same in the mm, not you know, definitely not thirty years ago as it was now. I always said that like the internet, the best thing that has happened, like the big benefactors or beneficiaries rather of the internet, uh, fascists and dogs. Dogs are really getting a lot of good PR on the internet. <laughs> like the fascists so all great. found each other, so they're like, oh, we got a place. But dogs, there's like a billion accounts dedicated to dogs. I I sit and watch dog videos all day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and baby goats. The baby goats, not so much. They jump on each other's back. I get it, you know. But the dog there's ones, baby goat yoga. That's a big thing. There's some stuff dogs do that is like the. I mean, it'll make me laugh for you oh, know yeah. half an hour just scrolling through dog videos. 
You know what I'm a sucker for? Doesn't the, it feel uh, good? It does. The <laughs> uh, the YouTube videos where it's the soldier surprising his dog in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. Convert. I love those videos. I do love those. And I do also love the fact that um, that soldier might have been only gone for five minutes and right. the dog would have still acted the I same. Same response. Got uh, iced tea. I'm yeah, right. I just went around the corner. It's like, <laughs> I thought you were never coming back. Did you see there was a video? I know Val probably saw it where a guy had been estranged from his dog for like years. Oh, that one almost, is so weird. Almost 10 years, I think. And then he sees him and the dog doesn't recognize him at first. And then it starts getting his scent. And then the dog completely flips out. There's another one where the I'm guy was, <laughs> oh god, oh, yeah. the guy was hospitalized for yes. an extended period of time and had lost a ton of weight, and the dog didn't recognize him. And then he, like you said, he got his scent, and it was and like, just, oh my god, yeah, the dog goes nuts. It's like the Notebook for dog lovers. <laughs> like, oh yeah, they well, remember. Well, they, uh, you know, that's why they have the therapy dogs going through children's hospital and stuff. Those things yeah. are the best. Well, this is my question, though. Like, and you don't those... do it with cats, by the way. There's no therapy cats. Or maybe no. there are. I don't know. I just saw of something. I think it was on Twitter of um, like a nursing home is raising orphaned kittens. Oh, really? All right. I'm a dog. Yeah, they have these, these old people like, you know, feeding them with droppers and. It's uh, yeah. Cute. But then I... the cats are like the real housewives of the animal kingdom. Yes. They're it's very just, bitchy. I Trauma, bitchy, and they don't, they don't need you. They're boxing. I had cats when I was a kid. I think kittens are just like their therapy because just uh, their nature, like they're so cute that just their sheer presence brings a good mood to you. But like dogs actually will nestle up next to you and cats will too. Be your companion. Did you ever? There's a show, I think it's on Animal Planet. It's called Too Cute. And they follow litters of puppies and kittens in like the first three months of their life. Well, no, I haven't it, gotten it that far yet. No, I haven't gotten that Come far. Come on, dive no, in, I'm going to start knitting. I'm going to start that. binge yeah. watching that. You know what? You should much. chase your episodes of Black Mirror with that. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, watch an episode Good. of Black Mirror, then a palette finishing the palette. off with a too cute. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> uh, yesterday's special election for the 18th congressional district featured lots of confusion from residents trying to vote. Elections officials say they got a lot of complaints from people who said they were denied the right to vote. Some complaints came from Swickley, which is not even in the 18th district. <laughs> so that's probably why you weren't allowed to vote. Yeah. And Monroeville Channel 11 says several wards are split between congressional districts. Absentee ballots are still being tallied as are provisional ballots. But Connor Lamb is claiming, claiming the win. His opponent, Rick Cohn, spoke to his supporters last night. Uh, we're not giving up, but I wanted to come down and thank you all. And I know, I know you have, you know, you got to go to work tomorrow and everybody's got things to do. And I, I didn't want to keep you here later than, you know, than, than you really need to be because we're going to be working late. Pretty quiet there. Yeah, it's Oof. not over, though. Who knows what's going to happen? Well, I, I read somewhere that some of those absentee ballots might not be in until March 20th. Right. It's I mean, if take there's a week less of those than the, than the differential, it won't matter. But Yeah, because I've heard that the, the military ones, there's only like a few dozen. I went to uh, my polling station yesterday, and I I could not believe. First of all, it was it was crowded, and then um, the amount of young people. I was like, "Wow, look how many young people turned out for this special election!" And then this lady was like, "You're in the third grade classroom. <laughs> Voting is downstairs in the gymnasium." I'm like, "Oh, 
Okay. And then it went downstairs and I was the only person. But still, it was nice to think for a second that young people were getting involved. I asked when I uh, went to vote how the turnout had been, and they said it was pretty good. I was the 201st person. Yeah, I was three-something. And I went uh, after lunch. When did you go? After lunch. Which seems like, eh. But they were like, no, it's good, it's good. I always, Mike and I were talking off air. I I love the people who are outside petitioning you to try to sway your vote at the very last second like a buzzer beater scenario yeah who's getting who's getting swayed and like have they ever switched somebody's vote right on the end i would i just want to say you two have a debate right here yeah <laughs> and tell me who you should vote yeah for. go uh, go at it let's hear it There's you two fight in- to the death relatively inconsequential and they were battling with who gave me the best candy i might be i might I, consider i was a little disappointed there was no bake sale Yesterday oh, there was a bake sale where I was. Polling place. There was a, there was a bake sale at my place too. Some pretty fire looking Rice Krispie treats. Everybody, and I guess it's, they don't roll it out for the special elections. I like my place because I go and it's like I only see those people every time there's an election, and they're like, "Hey," and I'm like, "Hey, we're doing it again. Look at us." <laughs> Mine's we're in a retirement village. What's that? My polling place is in a retirement village. Really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Are the cats there too? Is there a cat program? <laughs> I didn't see any cats. No. There wasn't any like insure sale there. No, no. They didn't have kittens helping you vote. And then you take the kitten's paw, you press the confirm button, you get your uh, scoop of Metamucil, and then you're gone. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, on the way out, a little mm-hmm. fiber. Sure. Sure. Little, Keep you moving. A little fiber blast. Yeah. Move then, along. That way you don't loiter. Yeah. They know you got to <laughs> hightail it out of there. All right. Get out of here. There was not, there was a woman outside my polling station who was not trying to convince anybody. She was just holding a Connor Lamb uh, sign, freezing her ass off, and she just said, thanks for voting today, and that was it. Well, she wasn't She wasn't nice. like trying Pressuring to like, you. yeah, you got a few minutes so I can tell you, you know. Um, That's very nice. Like, I don't know if this girl was outside of any polling stations. Hello, I'm calling from the Congressional Leadership Fund about tomorrow's special election for Congress. Nancy Pelosi, yes, Mayor Connor Lamb supports higher taxes, a weaker military, security cities, Obama care expansion. <laughs> security cities. <laughs> <laughs> I caught oh, that God. yesterday. I was like, <laughs> she just couldn't even Wait, read the what? thing. You know, today security she's, cities. That sounds pretty good. Today she's trying to sell some weight loss thing, and she's probably getting it mixed up <laughs> with with the Connor Lamb uh, diatribe. I have uh, Weight Watchers available. There's uh, cholesterol. I take your godly, <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the least impassioned plea for a vote I have ever heard. That's how I, that's how I walked into my uh, my voting place yesterday. I said, uh, "Hi guys, I'm here to vote for Nancy Pelosi, yes man, Connor Lamb." Hello, I'm calling from the. Deep breath, get it all out. I want security <laughs> cities. And I, I don't like God much. <laughs> I don't like God. Hello. Hi, I, I did that kind of telemark, not not voting telemarketing, but I did that for a while. What you were just sighing out a no, uh, no, no, but calling people randomly. What did you do it for? Uh, they were selling entertainment books. Entertainment books. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, I remember those. Oh yeah, they still sell. My them, but... grandma used to get those. Those were money. That's did... when I was. I think I was right out of college. It was in Oil City. Tear a couple of those out. Yes. Go to ground round. Yep, you had a. <laughs> You had the script and your blah, blah, blah. If you sold one, ding, you get to ring the bell. Oh, wow. 
Dude, my mm-hmm. grandma had those at the ready. Oh, yeah. They were just stacked with coo- like coops to everything. Buy one, get ones. Bell ringers. Uh, as annoying as it is, researchers at the University of Hawaii have found that grunting during workouts boosts your performance. Well, it, like I said, it can be annoying to those around you. Scientists discovered that it does help you exert more physical force, but there's some bad news with it. Grunting could be bad for your heart as it <laughs> creates pressure in your chest that messes with your blood pressure. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so that's why they have the lunk alarm. If I'm grunting at the gym, it's because something terrible has happened. <laughs> yes. There's been an injury. Yes. Somebody call. My intestines have shot through my, my abdominal wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, further proof that rich people just don't live like any other people. Oprah says she has a personalized bathtub made specifically to fit the shape of her body. Dude. Oprah talked about the hand-carved piece in her home on The Late Show with James Corden last night. She said it's made of onyx and marble. Onyx. Oh. Uh, They made it out of that 90s rap band? uh, Bathing is her favorite hobby. But wait a minute. (laughs) Bathing? That's not a hobby. Bathing is not a hobby, get, right? For, for rich people, it probably is. Yeah. You take a luxurious oh, yeah. candlelit bath with champagne and yeah. bubbles. And... That's not a hobby. Well, for her, it is. That's a you know you can't be a bathing enthusiast. What if it's a well? Maybe she meant leisure time activity. Is that a hobby? Why would you want your bath to fit you? I would feel like I was like a like vacuum sealed ham or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want to have room for your yes. like the water well, maybe, and like I mean, to kick feel around. like you're in a pool? I don't want to be rude, but she's, she's a bigger lady. Couldn't fit in, so maybe the tub. she needs a bigger tub. She needs an Oprah tub. Yeah, but it doesn't have to fit to the contours of her body. Well, I don't think it fits snugly. It's just sh- like you know, what, you know what it is. I bet she wanted a big tub. This is my guess. She wanted a big tub. Yeah, but but. She so she could kind of fall asleep in a tub, like maybe. Right? But then the, she was doing the butt cheek slide, where like on the, <laughs> you know, once she like let go and relaxed yeah. a little bit, and then she just slide. Yeah, maybe she, maybe she's short. And then she was like Oprah sliding underwater, and so she got like <laughs> probably buttock like stoppers. Oh, so yeah. like 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 a, a nice ha- curvature to the seat, like a butt harness. So yeah. you just kind of sit in, and you're like, like boom, those, like those All things right. you can put your feet up on to shave. Yeah. Shave. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, for women in the uh-huh. shower. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, why do I have to put my feet up to shave? <laughs> I'd I've like been to doing, see that. I've been doing it wrong. If I had Oprah's money, my bathtub would be like Francis's and Pee Wee. Like <laughs> the huge, I'd be playing with huge battleships in it. Oh, it'd be awesome. She probably has that. There's no question. She's commissioned ships from well, the it's, Navy. It's for Stedman. <laughs> That's what Stedman well, does. Well, maybe, yeah. That's maybe, his favorite hobby. Maybe she has it for the two of them. Possibly. Maybe they can get in to get, maybe it fits both their shape. Oh, uh, his and her. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> poor, poor Stedman. Uh. But, but, you know, when we think about a bath, like I always think about like you're, you're getting down near the grimy tile and it's like, you know, I have a pink tub at my house. I'm thinking just it's it's gnarly, but like at, well, a, at a rich person's house. Carved. Right. They have a hand carved one. There's and a, marble. You ever Flat ta- screen on the wall. You ever felt compelled to take a bath in a hotel room? I uh, don't know. Never trust the bath in a hotel room. Yeah, probably no. not. Oof. If it was washed, all right, if they did clean it properly, because most of the time I feel like they yeah, just half-ass that stuff. Right, dry it off. 
Yeah, the other alternative is it's just full of like big time toxic cleaner. So you're like you're firing up ah. the water and filling up the tub, and it's still full of all these cleaning Bleach. agents. Oh yeah, you're just like sitting and you're like, oh, this is relaxing. Oh, my skin is on fire. <laughs> what is happening? And it just has that smell to it. Yeah, oh, it's nasty. And not, I'm not talking about like those motels where they're like the serial killer tubs are in. Like, that so, are like short and stuff. Yeah, but even if you're like in a nice hotel and they have like, you're like, oh, that's a bath. I wasn't thinking about taking a or bath. Or a hot tub. Look at that. Yeah, but the hot tub jets never work in a tub. Like they, if they work, I don't know how effective they are. It's not the same thing as sitting in a hot tub. You basically just like someone's blowing bubbles on you. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine hey, Oprah singing, "Rubber ducky, you're the one. <laughs> you make bath time so much fun." Found getting you a contoured bathtub for Christmas <laughs> That'd next be year. Great. No, it's going to be Oprah's shape, but still, <laughs> yeah. but it'll be um, Onyx. Finally, another Hollywood heavyweight says he is adding inclusion writers to all of his film and television productions. Director Paul Feig is famous for Bridesmaids, Ghostbusters, and other films with Melissa McCarthy. He said yesterday he's moving forward and adding a clause to all of his contracts that calls for at least 50% of the cast and crew to be diverse. Inclusion writers are gaining popularity after actress Frances McDormand called for them in her Oscar acceptance speech earlier this month. Michael B. Jordan, Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck have all said since then that their production companies will start using inclusion writers. That was a good, that was a good move by Frances. Francis McDormand. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. for her to get up there in front of that crew, because none of us, none of the viewers knew what the hell an inclusion rider was. And I think from what I've read, some people in Hollywood didn't know what it was or didn't know you could have it. And now they do. And now yeah. some of the biggest celebrities are, are putting it to work. Creating change. Which is why sometimes when people like get on the uh, microphone at award shows, they actually can do something effective everybody bitches like ah stop with your politics and blah 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 well every once in a while somebody's personal politics actually end up having a big impact but see like that's the kind of politics that i think you know everybody can appreciate because you're not getting up there and trashing the president that you don't like which i think does little to nothing right this that's my point there are times when it can be effective Mm-hmm. Windy, cold, snowy today. Temperatures in the 30s, but wind chills all day in the teens. It's 21 at DVE. Mike Pursuta coming in next. Pens, uh, they've got the Rangers tonight. We'll talk with Phil Bork a little bit later on. 845. The old 2 9 will be joining us. Mark Madden in the 9 o'clock hour. You got till noon today to get your limerick in for our Get Your Shamrocks Off contest. You could spend all day St. Patty's Day with us, partying in the morning, and then moving on to, to uh, greener pastures so to speak. A weekend's worth of hotel accommodations, unlimited Uber, kegs and eggs at Mulaney's Harp and Fiddle, riding the DVE Schultz Ford parade truck with me and Val and Bill and Sean Casey, uh, party with corned beef and curry at the Hard Rock in the afternoon, then be the guest MC at the Rex Theater for the Bastard Bearded Irishman Show, late night per man. He's all set up for you. All you got to do is send us a limerick to dve.com slash contest. Get your shamrocks off. You got to know what a limerick is. And uh, you got to be over 21. You have till noon today, and then we're cutting the thing off. Mike's coming in next with your sports on D- um. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Penguins are at the Rangers tonight, 8 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 1059 The X. The Penguins are in their playoff push. 
The Rangers are in tank mode. Most of your better Rangers are now skating for the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> and uh, the Rangers have made no secret that they are uh, tearing it down to build it back up. So it's the king and a bunch of proletariats. <laughs> that usually doesn't work real well. Imagine uh, Henrik Lundqvist right about now probably feels like the uh, dilly dilly guy on the horse. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, they've got arrows with fire, which probably don't hurt any more than the normal ones. And their horses are smarter than ours. But they've got Bud Light! They're going to need it if you're watching that game, I would imagine, and in, uh, in the garden tonight. Penguins also uh, have Evgeny Malkin in addition to uh, all that beer. And uh, Phil Kessel yesterday said Evgeny Malkin should be your National Hockey League MVP. I mean, obviously, uh, he should be. I mean, uh, he's a point behind, right? Almost 40 goals this year. Uh, I mean... You know, why should someone else be than him, right? Um, you know, he plays on a good team, back-to-back cups. Um, you know, he should win it. <laughs> <laughs> what a statesman. Uh, clearly, who won the cup two years ago has great impact on the MVP <laughs> in 2017-2018. Phil Kessel, Phil Kessel, statesman. He's trying to make a point. Making but... an argument for his teammate, Evgeny Malkin. Uh, the numbers are overwhelming. Since January 4, Evgeny Malkin, 25 goals and 51 points since the Pens played in Philly on January the 2nd. Pens have gone 21-8-1 and in that span. So he has been a difference maker. Uh, Nikita Kucherov had three assists for the Lightning last night, so Malkin's now four points behind Kucherov in the scoring race. Uh, 91-87, to Connor McDavid has 84. In the goals race, it's Alexander Ovechkin with 42 Patrick Line with 41, and Malkin with 39. Sidney Crosby uh, not willing to go as far as Kessel in uh, declaring that Malkin should be the MVP, but Crosby maintained that Malkin is clearly in the conversation. He just turned it up to another level, especially in the second half. And, um, you know, he's just got that ability to take over games and, and dominate. And, um, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly right there. I mean, you look at all the guys across the league. Uh, you know, he's done an amazing job. And, you know, being you know a big part of our success. This presents an interesting dilemma for Penguins fans. If uh, if if Evgeny Malkin's the MVP, is Sidney Crosby still the best player in the world? Well, you know, body of work over uh, one season versus, you know, a career, I guess. It's always an interesting argument. Who's the best player in the world at any given time? Doesn't that change? The point I'm trying to make is it changes all the time, and it's such a subjective distinction that we should really get past it. Oh, so we should suck all the joy out of stuff like this and just... Not all of it, just that. Just that? Just that. (laughs) You can just say he's really good. He's had a really great career, and boy, it's fun to watch him play, and it's joyful yeah. to see him do what and he does. And then you would be a horrible teammate. You don't have to just declare him the best in the world. Yeah, well, you're, being, you're, you're picking nets a little. Yeah, I would say that starting in the new year, starting January 1, who, who's been better than Malkin? Nobody. Not even Sid. He has uh, more points than anyone Season started uh, before that, though. It did. True. Started in October. But he's playing. He's probably playing the best hockey of his career. I think he has he has limited the dumb penalties. They're not out of the picture entirely, but uh, they are fewer and farther between. And uh, I, I don't see the turnovers and the kind of 
why were you even thinking about trying that kind of play? You know, some of the stuff he used to do. I'll always consider the Conn Smythe year like his. I, yeah, that in the playoffs, I thought he was a truly deserving Conn Smythe winner, and he was phenomenal. And I thought, the, oh my God, yeah, he went on a tear. That he had the great one of the greatest goals I ever saw in person with the, the against Carolina. The thing I remember more than that though is his relentless back checking. He was he was Hosa esque. He was we're gonna need that. He was impossible to play yeah. against out there. If he didn't have the puck, he would take the puck. And when you get that kind of two-way thing going, that's how that's how you end up uh, having a parade. Pens at the Rangers tonight. NCAA tournament. Uh, the first couple of games got underway last night. Radford, a victor over LIU Brooklyn, seventy-one to sixty-one, and Saint Bonaventure knocks off UCLA, sixty-five to fifty-eight. Interesting game tonight. Texas Southern from the Southwestern Athletic Conference against North Carolina Central of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Texas Southern, small school, right? Not a not a school where football generates revenue and, and pays the bills for everything. So their basketball team, they got to pay the bills before they kind of settle into conference play. These guys went 15 and 19 overall, and they won their conference tournament, so they got in. You see that record, you think, oh, these guys must stink, right? They played at Gonzaga and lost, at Ohio State and lost, at Syracuse and lost, at Clemson and lost, at Kansas and lost, at Oregon and lost. Their preseason was basically a pay-the-bills tour of major powers. Iron sharpens iron. And then they get uh, in the conference play, and they're playing the likes of uh, Prairie View A&M, Alcorn State, Jacksonville State, Grambling, Arkansas, Pine Bluff. I think these guys... uh, have played at a higher level this year than North than Carolina 15 Central. and 19 is uh, yeah. suggested, yeah. So, see if that uh, works tonight. Syracuse against Arizona State is the second and the last of the first four games in Dayton, Ohio. The tournament, as I like to say, begins in earnest on Thursday, as well as right here in Pittsburgh. Oh, good. I was going to say. Is Ernest in Westmoreland County? Yeah, I'm not uh, sure. If I'm you not could... gerrymandered it. I think it's in <laughs> District 17. <laughs> Radford, by the way, is uh, the team that won last night. They're coming. One of the teams that won last night. They're coming here to play Villanova. Chris Hubbard is going to Cleveland. A uh, reported five years, $37.5 million for the Steelers' invaluable backup offensive lineman. Congrats anybody to anybody uh, doing a little hmm ha with the uh, Cleveland Browns right now? Like, Not yet. They're making moves. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but. I'm not a huge They're Tyrod. not going winless this year. I'm not a huge Tyrod Taylor fan. Yeah, well, I think they could probably go five and eleven with him. Uh that's five better than last year. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing, though: they got Jarvis Landry now. They got Josh Gordon. When they pick up Barkley in the on the first mm-hmm. pick overall, now they're shoring up their offensive line that was already good. You guys are right; they're going to win the division. See. I'm convinced. No, I mean, I think that they're definitely going to double, maybe even triple their win total from last year. <laughs> Great sports debates tonight. Make your plans, 7.30. Tequila Cowboy. Why do you it the same night as a Penguins game? We've done live shows the same night as a Penguins game. Yeah, but we're morons. You know, there's 82 Penguins games. Oh, uh, listen to you just sucking the season. joy out of the Penguins season this morning. Just putting a pin right in it. Every game counts, Mike.
But if you're going to do it, I, I guess Listen, maybe. you you know as well as anybody that no matter what, if you're in Pittsburgh and you plan an event, there's going to be some kind of sports game on that foils you. Yeah, every local band has learned at this point that from April until mid-June, don't book anything big. <laughs> we certainly wouldn't schedule it opposite of Penguins' playoff game. No, you wouldn't. But tonight, you'll be able to watch the game, and you'll be watching it next to the likes of Mark Madden on a mechanical bull. Stan Saverin uh, doing... On a mechanical bull. No, he's going to be doing, like, uh, Coughlin's Law cocktail moves in the behind the bar. <laughs> the behind the back. Yeah. VIP tickets are 20 Double bucks. flip. Uh, two free Bud that's not, Lights, that's free not, food. That's not very... Aye. 20 bucks? That's it. Man, you could you could be a baller at this thing for twenty bucks. That's nothing, yeah, a baller. I like that. What do you got going on uh, later on? TV.coms where you check all that out. Valerie. Oh me, um, huh? it's okay to have your dog sleep in your bed. Okay. Oh, can I, do I have time to give you one more? I mean, I don't care. <sighs> Go ahead, Alexiak. Can the Penguins play defense? <laughs> good. <laughs> It's been a great fit here for me, and you know, people really helped me out. I mean, it's a great cast here, you know, with um, you know this decor and you know guys like Jacques and you know Gonch, um, willing to work with all of us, and um, it's just been a smooth transition. And telling you, it's the new Amazon Echo name for Pittsburgh. I think you're on a Alexia two eighteen. It's the DVE morning show. We'll have Phil Bork talking Penguins hockey a little bit later on this morning. Mark Madden as well. You've got uh, four hours to get your Limerick in for a Get Your Shamrocks Off St. Patty's Day contest. Where you could get two nights hotel accommodation downtown. Kegs and eggs at Mulaney's Harp and Fiddle. Unlimited Uber for the weekend. And uh, also ride in the Schultz Ford DVE parade truck with me and Val and Bill and Sean Casey. Then uh, check out the band Corn Beef Curry at the Hard Rock Cafe, then over to the Rex Theater, where you'll be the guest MC for the Bastard Bearded Irishman CD release party. <laughs> what a day. And, uh, yeah, they have CD, by the way, they, no downloads. They just did a, 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 a tour, not a tour, but like a, uh, a cruise with Train, the band Train. And I guess Robert Randolph was on there, too. So they, they were on stage jamming with Robert Randolph and stuff. So the Irishman... Uh, I guess their van broke down in West Virginia on the way home, but they'll be here by Saturday. And you get Permanis uh, set up for you for the late night. I mean, we got you covered. We got you covered. All on you their do... way back from a cruise with train, their van broke down. I mean, this is like planes, trains, and automobiles for the, the BBI. We need to, I just thought of this, we should put a gift basket together with like Pepto-Bismol and Toilet paper. Pedialyte. Yeah. We live in a Advil. city of trophies black and gold. Where global warming has not completely taken away our cold. Where the bridges are many and the jagas are plenty. And I'll dine on permanis and pierogies of old. See, it's just a little too long. Yeah. A little too long. But I like it. Yeah. I like the spirit of the thing, Hoove. There once was a captain named Sidney. So nice, he would give you a kidney. (laughs) (laughs) But after two Stanley Cup wins with his fired up penguins, look out, he shouts. It's time to win three. See, okay. Uh, Uh, You know, again. Yeah, almost yeah, made it. All the that way one to the had end. All the promise, and then it fell off a cliff. There once was a man named McCutcheon. In all of the Berg, they did love him. Uh, nope. Right there, I'm done. I'm I'm off of that one. See ya. Close. The Berg is all broken up in slivers in neighborhoods round the three rivers. But when it comes to St. Pat, we're all Irish in that. Raise our glass as we pickle our livers. Hey! Hey! hey, hey that's a good one. Hey,
There you go. You got it. You figured it out. There once was a man named Billy who wrote poems in the paper quite silly. All right, I like this already. <laughs> Little this Nardozzi is. tribute. This might be from Billy Nardozzi. You never know. But now he's a chick. Will he cut off his bleep or hold on to his willy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy Nardozzi. He's the best. Oh, my God. Once there was written. No, I'm not reading that one. There once... yeah, you got to be careful. Oh, I mean. A lot of expletives. Yeah, I, a lot of those need previewed. There once was a young man named Bell whose NFL career was quite swell. Another year, yo, another year older, a chip on his shoulder. Come on, Le'Veon. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I like it. You know, it's rhyme. It's not bad. It's not bad. Some of the people just don't understand the concept <laughs> of, you know. The meter Rhyming. of the limerick. Yeah. There once was a man from Verona. He was Craigliston, this girl named Mona. He thought he was smart and played the part, but she couldn't stop laughing at his bona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. If you can do better than that, you log on to dv.com slash contest, and you can be hanging out with us for St. Patty's Day. Val's got news coming up top of the hour. And uh, also, I don't know. I don't know if, we'll, if we're going to find out anything more about that race. I think it's just over. Let's just—it's on pause for a while. Yes. ACDC, DVE. Eleven. It's twenty-three degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. There's been another shakeup in the Trump administration. We talked about this right at the end of the show yesterday. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson is out after being fired yesterday by President Trump. Tillerson stressed that he is focused on a smooth and orderly transition for the next person coming in. I'm delegating all responsibilities of the Office of the Secretary to Deputy Secretary of State Sullivan. My commission as Secretary of State will terminate at midnight, March the 31st. What is most important is to ensure an orderly and smooth transition during a time that the country continues to face significant policy and national security challenges. Why the was world he so- needs selfless leaders like these, ready to work with long-standing allies, new emerging partners and allies. Yeah, he sounds out of breath. <laughs> Why was he so out of breath? Like he's pissed off. Did and- Trump make him walk from the airport? He made him take the steps. Well, you saw the story uh, where Trump made him eat the salad at, in when they're in China. In China yeah. He goes, Rex, eat the salad, because he was worried it was going to look disrespectful because nobody wanted to eat the wilted Caesar salad that they served. So he's like, Rex, eat the salad. And that is far and away my favorite thing about the Trump presidency is that he treats it like a fraternity that, that you're pledging. And he makes people eat stuff all the time. Rex, eat the salad. Chris, eat the meatloaf. Listen, I got a rack of uh, beast ice on the radiator back at the White House. <laughs> so get ready to chug that when we get back. Eat that bowl of cake batter. Do it. (laughs) Speaking at the State Department, Tillerson took no questions and did not thank the president. Tillerson, as you heard, has uh, tapped Deputy Secretary of State John Sullivan to take the helm until a new secretary is confirmed. The president is nominating CIA Director Mike Pompeo as Secretary of State. It's hilarious. He says one thing about Putin and he's gone within an hour and a half. Well, three people got axed yesterday. Tillerson and then the spokesperson for the State Department who put out a statement saying 
Rex had no idea this was coming. Yeah, he, he hasn't who talked said the, to the president. Yeah. That guy got fired. Yeah, because he said the White the House is lying. Yeah. He goes, that ah, Trump and Sarah Huckabee, are uh, they're lying. And they went, oh, yeah? Well, you're fired. I and like then that. Donald Trump's person, I guess his personal assistant was fired. His body being, man. His yeah, bag man. He's being investigated for alleged financial crimes that the Ho- Department of Homeland Security is investigating, which I didn't understand. What yeah, kind of crazy. financial crimes have you committed that the Department of Homeland Security yeah, is the one busting you? Yeah, I don't get that one. Are you funding ISIS? Or are you doing a pyramid <laughs> scheme with them or something? The, yeah, does he ha- did he buy stock in whoever's building the wall? But that guy, as soon as they fired him, they made him, I think, the head of the 2020 campaign. I think what happened there was they just gave him a BS title because they, everybody knew it looked so bad that the guy who literally is next to the president all the time is is being convicted or at least prosecuted for high crimes. And they wanted to be like, oh, well, uh, actually, uh, no, this is no, he's still involved. Uh, we're not kicking him out. He didn't do anything that bad. We wouldn't allow him to have that close proximity to the president if he did something that bad. They said they they wouldn't even let him go get his coat. I just imagine no. them picking him up by this belt like at the back of his pants and hoisting Dude, him. Dude, I'm out. telling you, it's like a fraternity house. my dad house. used to do when I was grounded. <laughs> it's a fraternity house. Take me up house. and spank me. Go outside. No, no coat. Get out of here. Chug that Chug that hot sauce on your way out. Put the egg in your butt. Don't break it. <laughs> And Senator John McCain has serious concerns about President Trump's choice to lead the CIA. Uh, The person who will take Mike Pompeo's place, the Arizona Republican, said yesterday Gina Haspel's three-decade CIA career has intersected with so-called enhanced interrogation techniques on a number of occasions. McCain wants Haspel to explain her involvement in the CIA's interrogation program that engaged in torturing detainees in U.S. custody. Haspel is the first woman to be nominated for director of the CIA, and McCain says she must pledge to uphold the prohibition of enhanced interrogation techniques. Yeah, she was the one who brought waterboarding back, right? At the, I, uh, she reportedly was, I don't know if she brought it back, but that was one of the things that they were reporting about her. Yeah, George W. is like, let's remix that. Yeah, Bring it back. Yeah, She's the Martha Stewart of torture. Mm-hmm. The St. Patrick's Day Parade in Pittsburgh now has a mascot. Organizers introduced Finn the Irish Wolfhound as a new character mascot for the parade. Parade goers will see Finn Saturday during the parade walking next to St. Patrick. Ah. Parade organizers say ah. they plan to have Finn make other appearances throughout the year as well. Wow, that's that's you know, that's competition for River. The official Well, this is a mascot, so. Golden Lab, Golden Retriever rather of the city, the mayor's office. Yeah. It's got its own so it has more social media followers than I do. <laughs> Does it really? The dog? Yeah. But now he's got competition. How come they didn't just use River? I don't know, because this is an Irish wolfhound. So then what else is it going to do? It's doing the parade? It'll do the parade and, you know. Yeah, it'll tour around with uh, Miss Uh, Smiling smiling Irish Irish Eyes and the uh, Ancient Order of Hibernia. That's that's Irish? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Hibernia, that's Irish? I don't know. It's look. It's a big parade. They have to fill it out. I think they take all comers. <laughs> Whenever I w- did a report for DV all those years ago about the St. Patty's Day parade, it was like, oh, 
I remember uh, Miss. Oh, there was there was obviously Miss Smiling Irish Eyes, a couple mm. of you know Irish groups, and then it was like Westinghouse's marching band, oh, yeah. a potato chip truck, <laughs> midgets on ATVs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> They should run the bulls from South Park that they have out there. The buffalo. <laughs> yeah, bring the buffalo. Those are buffalo. Running of the buffaloes. Yeah, you the should Irish run buffaloes. the buffalo. That's, that could be our... Maybe one of the worst ideas you've ever had. It could be our Pamplona. <laughs> <laughs> well, this... So someone uh, flicks a cigarette butt near one of the the buffaloes and they just start running 35 miles an hour into a crowd. This oh. is like... um uh What are the... Th- that- why am I, I can really, my brain is just not working the last couple of days. The are you furries. having one of those? My world, the furries. This is like a furry. This is a mascot. Yes. Dog, not a real dog. Oh. <laughs> I understood what you meant when okay. you said mascot. <laughs> I yeah. think you meant the dog well, was the mascot. I didn't, I didn't know yeah, it was like an actual dog. River, bulldog River or could be a mascot, too, but this yeah, is a... River is an actual dog. One of them mascot. might poop on the street. Well, or both. Yeah. You never know. We don't know it that is guy the same pay, who's, day who's inside the Irish wolfhound. By the way, of all the European names that we adopted here for Western Pennsylvania and gave them you know, town names here, how did we not also grab Pamplona? Pamplona. <laughs> North we for sales. Verona. We got Verona. How did we not take Pamplona? There once was a man from Verona who ran with the bulls in Pamplona. Speaking of St. Patrick's Day, you still have a little less than four hours to get your entry in to Mm -hmm. ride in the parade. And you can ride right along Finn with Finn. Hey, that's wonderful. Yeah, you're talking about you being brain dead. I completely thought you were talking about a dog. That's okay. Uh, Good news for dog lovers. Dogs sleeping in your bed won't mess with your sleep after all. Forget those previous studies that said having a dog in your bed with you disrupts your sleep. According to a new study by the Mayo Clinic, dogs did not negatively affect sleep quality, and it didn't mess with the dog's quality of sleep either. (laughs) I'm sure it didn't. It probably Uh, added a couple hours. Humans in my bed really screw up my sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, could you uh, sleep in my dog bed (laughs) while I sleep in your actual bed? Today, the world is celebrating pi. Pi Day honors the mathematical ratio of a circle's circumference to its diameter. Pi technically extends indefinitely, but is frequently rounded to 3.14159, which is why it's celebrated March 14th every year. You can celebrate Pi Day. Even if you're not a math whiz, a lot of businesses take advantage of Pi Day to offer discounts. Pizza places, bakeries, some places offering pies for $3.14. 55% of Americans will celebrate today. 43% will eat an actual pie or pizza or other circular food, which I was trying to figure out what it would be. but Pizza? Well, no, I said pie or pizza oh. or other circular food. Sorry, I'm brain dead as well. <laughs> what other circular food besides pie? I, I don't know. That Chicken pot pie? Yeah. yeah. Or is well, that considered kind of a, pie. a pie? It's a pot pie. Soup always comes in a circle. Not necessarily. Yeah, sometimes maybe you do get a square ceramic sure. thing, right? Yeah, but you yeah. never get a triangle soup. Well, maybe you do in some trendy place. Probably. All right. So or we're a going soup boat. There has to be more round foods. <laughs> Hamburger. Hamburger, right. There Unless you go. Unless you go to White Castle That's or Wendy's, a... then they're square. Oh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a technicality. Oranges. Mm-hmm. Oranges are like, those are, but those circles. are, yeah, but they're not Well, just, if you slice it, then it's, it's a, a, it's a circle. 
<laughs> we are morons today. <laughs> Led Zeppelin, here we go. <laughs> Come on, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Uh, Sammy Hagar will be inducted into the Bay Area Walk of Fame on March 23rd ahead of his performance at the Bammies reunion concert. That's going to be in San Francisco on the 24th. Sir Paul McCartney in National Geographic. Has he discovered a new island? Nope. The former Beatle is interviewed in the current issue by the Venerable Magazine's editor-in-chief, Susan Goldberg, about his meat-free Monday campaign, which suggests you not eat meat one day a week as a way to help the planet. He tweeted a, a quote from the sit-down interview yesterday, or Monday rather, saying, nobody's forcing anyone to do anything. You just try one day meat-free because it's a good idea. If you're interested in finding out more about the campaign, you can check out his five-minute video one day a week, which he posted last November on YouTube. I'll get Joe to post that on our website. Uh, you can also watch the National Geographic interview on their magazine's website. Is it that hard to go meat-free for a day? I think it I is. think if you don't think about or you say, yeah, I'm going to go meat free. And then you go, oh, I ate a beef jerky. Damn it. Yeah. You know, the weird thing is like, you know, when you don't drink for a while and then when you drink, you're like, wow, that one drink, I can actually feel it. If mm -hmm. you stay off meat for just a little while, when you do have meat, all of a sudden you're like, ooh, I this, really, this I, is heavy. I think my fingers are swollen. Yeah. <laughs> like I can feel the salt. Is meat, meat is not chicken, right? Or fish? That's I mean, poultry. No, that's definitely meat. It's meat. Is it meat? Yeah. What about fish? I, I see. I, I don't think f fish is meat. I don't count fish, fish meat. as meat. <laughs> I count chicken as meat, though. Turkey is meat. Poultry is meat. Pork's definitely meat. Yeah. Another definitely. circular. It's the other white meat. I mean. Circular food, uh, crab cake. <laughs> <laughs> like not a good one Canadian bacon We're not confident about that no. submission Ham I'd like to retract that one Ham is meat food. Ham's not circular That's kind of okay, oval You can buy it circular Chip chop ham has no shape Not ham lunch meat She meant like an actual ham Just like a pressed one <laughs> We gotta keep moving forward Alright This is Marconi is not so, calling anytime soon. Try not to eat any round meat <laughs> on Mondays. <laughs> Organizers of next month's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony are announcing a series of events surrounding the celebration. Festivities will get underway March 24th in Cleveland and include panel discussions and Hall of Fame series with 28, uh, 2018 inductees, the Moody Blues. Bon Jovi, The Cars, Dire Straits, Nina Simone, and Sister Rosetta Tharp will also be inducted on April 14th. And the hall, sifting through performances from past induction ceremonies for release in a variety of formats, Rock Hall officials announced Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Concert will arrive April 24th as four DVDs and two Blu-rays that include over 50 live performances. A uh, small list of the Hall of Famers featured include Pearl Jam, Bruce Springsteen, Journey, Cheap Trick, Rush, Yes, Deep Purple. Meanwhile, five digital albums, each covering two ceremonies, will be available the same day. Windy, cold, and snowy today. Temperatures, real temperatures in the 30s, but wind chills in the teens. It's 22 at DVE. Mike Pursuta coming in next with your sports, and the Pens are at it tonight against the Rangers. Also, NCAA tournament taking shape now. Phil Bork, live from New York City at 845. DV Comedy Fest has been announced. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Bert Kreischer, the machine is your headliner. Brad Williams, diminutive in size, but the laughs, they are big. Rory mm -hmm. Scovel, um, honestly, he did 
one of my favorite Netflix specials and possibly my all-time favorite late-night comedy set on Conan O'Brien when they were at so the Apollo funny. Theater, and he ran out in the audience and did the whole thing standing on a guy's chair hmm. with his crotch <laughs> right in the guy's face, and he just <laughs> delivered the entire monologue to the rest of the, of the Apollo Theater. Yeah, he's the wild card. I'm excited to introduce a lot of people to him. The other great set he did on Conan was the night him and John Doerr, they pretended they were double-booked. You played so us that good. video last week. Oh, my God. Hilarious. And they go out, and Conan says, hey, they, they agreed to share the spot because we double-booked them, and then they go out, and they both just do their acts at the same time. At the exact same time. You can't hear what either <laughs> of them are saying. Sarah Tiana is also on the bill. She was on Crashing last week on HBO with Pete Holmes, and she has a podcast with Rob Riggle, of course. She's been on this show before, Sarah. Uh, very funny. And our own Bill Crawford is going to be there as well. Tickets start 9 a.m. tomorrow. DVE.com and Val, there's a bunch of sponsors attached. Do you have the list of sponsors there? I do have the list of sponsors. SouthHillsAuto.com, Disaster Restoration Services, and my buddies at CW Electrical Services. Here's Sarah Tiana from an appearance on the show earlier this year. Friends. DVE Sports. Mike Prasuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? Pens are at the Rangers tonight. 8 o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X. A couple of teams headed in different directions. The Penguins have put the pedal down since January the 2nd, and they are battling the Washington Capitals for first place in the Metropolitan Division. The Rangers of late have been ridding themselves of assets and tearing it down to build it back up again. So uh, an apparent mismatch tonight at the Garden, but uh, the Penguins... According to head coach Mike Sullivan, uh, trying to hone their playoff focus with just 12 regular season games remaining. Here's Sullivan yesterday on the approach the rest of the way. Our priority is the one game in front of us, and I think that's that's the mindset that we have to have. We can't look ahead of ourselves. We understand what our ultimate goal is, and uh, you know, priority one there is to make the playoffs, and 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 that's uh, that's a challenge in and of itself with how tight the league is, and 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 we know that. But but our approach has to be just taking that one game in front of us and making sure we control what we can to give ourselves the best chance to be successful. We'll learn from each experience, we'll move by it, and we'll get ready for the next one. And that's, uh, that's the approach that we have to have. You know, we, we have to have a, uh, a playoff mindset right now. And it's been that way for a while. It, it, I, I just think it's the nature of the league right now with the, the format of the league and how close the, the races are for, you know, in each division for the playoffs. We would ultimately like to put ourselves in the best possible position to be successful. And the way to do that is to stay in the moment. Things are uh, encouraging on the injury front. Matt Murray took full shots, according to Sullivan, before yesterday's practice and will accompany the Penguins on their two-game trip. At least he was scheduled to, as of yesterday, head to the team with New York for tonight's game and then to Montreal for Thursday night's game. Brian Rust, uh, a full participant in practice. Penguins wanted to see how he would react to that today. But uh, the team, uh, Sullivan in particular, optimistic that uh, both Murray and Rust appear well on the way to recovering from concussion. Well, it's a big relief. You know, these guys are important players for us. And so uh, the fact that they're, you know, they're they're tracking the right way is, uh, is really encouraging. So, um, you know, we're like we take each day as it comes with, with the nature of, of those injuries. So uh, but but certainly we're we're excited about, you know, the, the, the way they're they're both tracking. 
Pens trail the Caps by one point in the Metropolitan Division, 85 points to 84. The Flyers are third with 81, and Columbus in the fourth spot with 79. One point ahead in New Jersey, which has 78. The Caps have played 69 games. The Pens, Flyers, and Jackets have all played 70. Uh, Pens will look to continue their dominance of the division. Pittsburgh's 15-6 and six against Metropolitan Division teams. That's the best interdivision mark in the NHL this season. The NCAA tournament tipped off last night in Dayton, Ohio. Radford beat LI Brooklyn, LIU Brooklyn, excuse me, 71 to 61. And St. Bonaventure and former Robert Moore said coach Mark Schmidt beat UCLA 65 to 58. Tonight, a couple more first four games in Dayton. Texas, Texas Southern against North Carolina Central at 640 and Syracuse against Arizona State at 9-10. There was a flurry of activity in advance of the official commencement of the NFL's free agent period at 4 o'clock today. Teams have been able to talk to prospective signees since Monday, and a bunch of deals are in place, including Steelers backup offensive lineman Chris Hubbard getting a reported five years and $37.5 million from the Cleveland Browns. Good for him. Great for him. Uh, the he, Browns just keep adding players. I mean, it, it seems like there's no end to the amount of cap space they have. They well, had, they had all of the space, right? Yeah, they had a <laughs> Grand Canyon's worth of cap space, and they have a football guy in John Dorsey installed as the general manager making football decisions as opposed to the stuff you might have seen from the fat guy in Moneyball. Got rid of the baseball guy. I think what they're doing now is better. I think it's more about uh, blocking and tackling and less about analytics. But uh, Browns have a long way to go. Uh, ESPN, ESPN.com reported that the Steelers restructured the contract of Alejandro Villanueva. They had previously done the same with the likes of Antonio Brown, Stephon Tuitt, and David DeCastro. They're trying to clear up some cap space. they got to fit Le'Veon Bell's franchise tag in under the cap. They have to have money to sign their draft choices and maybe – even a little bit left over to dabble in free agency. Teams have to be cap compliant by 4 o'clock today. Uh, in terms of unrestricted free agents, the Steelers have lost Hubbard to Cleveland, and they have franchise-tagged Le'Veon Bell, Arthur Motes, Justin Hunter, Stephen Ridley, Sean Spence, and Daniel McCullers are unrestricted Steelers free agents. The Post-Gazette reported that the Steelers tendered Anthony Ciccolo with the low tender. That's the uh, matching round compensation in the event Ciccolo reaches an agreement with another team and the Steelers decline to match. Uh, that designation comes with a salary of $1.797 million. Previously, kicker Chris Boswell had been tendered uh, the second round designation. The Steelers would have that coming if another team tried to sign Boswell and the Steelers decided not to match it. Uh, that comes with a $2.746 million price tag. You think Chicolo feels like that's a shot at his low tender? I don't know how he feels. Uh, I think it's about right. I, I think it's a guy that uh, plays special teams well. and A good depth guy, cycles in. Maybe hasn't developed as a, a defensive player quite as quickly as they might have hoped. Uh, he's got that great first step off the ball, but uh, the rest of it seems to still be lagging behind that a little bit. He's got some work to do, but you know they want him. They want him to be here. 
That's that's the price they're willing to pay him. And uh, Hubbard is a significant loss, but you've got B.J. Finney as the interior backup offensive lineman and Gerald Hawkins, uh, the fourth-round pick from a couple of years ago who was slowed by a shoulder injury. Didn't really have a rookie year, but he came on as last year progressed. He would project as the first guy in his backup tackle. So they kind of had their feathers numbered for mm-hmm. such an emergency. And, and it's actually encouraging to me that uh, they were able to identify a guy such as Hubbard, an undrafted guy, bring him in, develop him, and, and get him ready. If you can keep doing that, you'll be okay, right? Mm-hmm. Find the talent and develop it, and the way the system's set up, the there's no spot for him to start here. He gets to go to Cleveland and, and expand his career, so good for him. This is the part of the season, the offseason, where I just have restless leg syndrome as a Steeler fan because everybody's making big moves. Just huge signing after huge signing. As uh, our buddy Bob Labriola likes to say, the idea is not to win free agency. Yeah, It's not to win the offseason. It's to win the Super Bowl. So a lot of stuff's going to happen between today. So much money being thrown around at the start of the season. Dear Lord, it's a good time to be a quarterback. Or defensive back. It's also a good time if you want to go to a sports debate and you'd like to go to a great one. Mm -hmm. Tonight's your night. Why is that? 7.30 at Tequila Cowboy, the great sports debate sponsored by Bud Light. Mark Madden, Stan Saverin, Adam Crowley, Tim Benz. I'll also be participating enthusiastically, I might add. Bob McLaughlin's your host. Sean Collier's the warm-up comedian. If you want to go large, $20 VIP ticket gets you free food and two complimentary Bud Lights. And you get to challenge Mark Madden to a mechanical bull riding contest. Yeah, that's going to be the highlight of the evening, I think. Is there going to be a Mark Madden riding contest? <laughs> uh, if there is, I'm not going to be participating. Okay. But uh, who knows? It's always fun, you know. <laughs> I'll just speak for myself. I take a lot of crap on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I love running into people in bars or at games well, or because wherever. They're, you know. Because they're usually friendly and nice and it's fun to just talk sports and throw a couple back. And Yeah. Well, know. And, you know, someone, someone We're who might... to have different opinions and still respect each other. Yeah, well, someone who might... What? <laughs> yeah. Don't be Disagree with you and then idea. send you something on Twitter. You, you know, you never, you never can really tell the tone. I mean, sure, there are Most people who I are tell. like, I hate your guts, <laughs> yeah. I hope you die. F I mean, you usually is that, not... The, the interpretation of that is usually pretty Yeah, consistent. but what if it's F you? You don't know what you're talking about. But typed out, it's it's like F you. And then, it, you know, it's yeah. like a different. the No? No, this really is a fun night. We all like to whine about it. Cause we all you like, really do. Because we all like to whine. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it's a good time. If, you've, uh, if you're wondering, is this worth your time? I would suggest it is. And uh, I would even go as far as to say you might have a lot of fun tonight if you come on down to the great sports debate. Have you all been tendered for next year? Uh, I'm on a, as far as I know, I'm on a one debate at a time. Wow, they tagged you. Yeah. Has Stan Saverin been fired from the debate and then reinstated? Yes. Okay. Yes, he has. When we Fantastic. come back, Phil Bork. <laughs> Live from New York, Penn's Rangers tonight. on the DVE Morning Show. Borky, good morning. How are you? Top of the morning to you. You know I love being in studio with you, but uh, 
we got this little tilt tonight uh, in Gotham City, so uh, we're going to have to do this over the phone. Yeah, well, uh, nothing quite like playing in the garden, and you certainly spend a little time there. Any sort of homecoming feeling for you when you get to go there? What? No. No, 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 not at all. I was here... I was here for, uh, was not a long time, but I can promise you it was a good time. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess that's what I was getting yeah. at. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, there's, uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, he wasn't necessarily talking about the, the garden, Phil. What's that, Mikey? Randy wasn't necessarily talking about the garden when he said homecoming in New York. Yeah, neither was I. Um, no, it was <laughs> it was interesting being a Ranger here after winning two cups with the Penguins. It was, it was not a great time for me, to be honest with you. Um, I remember being with the Rangers for probably two or three months and, uh, we were taking a charter flight and, uh, the stewardess said, uh, Hey, we're picking up your, uh, your old mates there after we drop you guys off. And they said, Oh, you're picking up the penguins. And so I took a, uh, a barf bag and I had a little note to Craig Patrick, uh, telling him that I was available. And if he was looking for a scrappy left winger to come back on the club, that uh, <laughs> I'd love to come back. I don't know if you ever got the note or not, but. Uh, I miss Pittsburgh like crazy when I went to the Rangers, but uh, I think you know why I left. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, the Pens up there tonight, and uh, it's a pretty much a, a decimated Rangers team. They kind of sold the the farm, and uh, Lundquist is back there basically taking all the shots. Uh, Sid and the kids together. Is this it uh, for the foreseeable future? Well, yeah, let's talk about that first, and I'll touch on the Rangers a little bit. I think I, as long as Connor Sherry continues to progress, uh, I think it's exactly what helps all the dominoes fall into place, and, and that way we can have some continuity on the lines. It's something that Mike Sullivan's been searching for quite a bit. So Sid and the kids reunited feel so good with uh, <laughs> Gensel on the left, Sherry on the right, and uh, I, I, you know, I think Gensel's the right fit for Sid. As far as on the right side with Connor Sherry, I think that still needs to be proven. I know it's worked in the past, but it hasn't consistently worked this year. But I know it's something Mike Sullivan really wants. And so far, so good in the, in the couple games they've been put back together. Borky, a lot of talk about Evgeny Malkin yesterday. And uh, should he or why is he in the conversation for MVP? If you can, can you compare these past couple of months to his playoff run in 2009. Wow. Uh, boy, you're talking nine years ago. Yeah. Um, it's a, I think the, the the only thing I can really compare, Mikey, without getting into great detail, because you know my memory stinks, uh, is just mm-hmm. his dominance and his confidence and uh, just how he's the alpha male on the ice. And that's that's saying a lot considering uh, who's on his team and, and who he's, he's going up against. Uh, he... For me, I think he's better than 09 because of his defensive play, because of his commitment to the, the defensive zone and, and buying into the system that Mike Sullivan's been selling to him and Sid. And that's a tough sell, man, to, to skilled players that, hey, they look at their numbers. They, they understand they're, they're paid certain amount of dollars to put up certain amount of numbers. And at times, Gino, I think, in my estimation, has been guilty of cheating going after those numbers and has been maybe uh, – uh, shortcutting the game a little bit. I don't see that anymore. I see the stopping, the starting, all the defensive work that he does to create offense. To me, this is the best he's ever played because because of probably who I am and because of, of what I think makes a complete player. 
And just because you put up a whole boatload of numbers doesn't make you an MVP in my book or a complete player. But Geno is, is a complete player now because, because of the defensive work, which is, which is the hard work, which doesn't make it on the score sheet or in the highlight reels, but he's doing it game in and game out and still putting up ridiculous numbers. Yeah, you can't really – I can't remember him playing defense in that 9 run, Borky, but his right. offensive numbers were just ridiculous. I mean, he had 36 points. He scored 14 goals and 22 assists. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's scary what he's doing right now, and it's every single game. And, you know, I think kind of the underlying current here is there's a couple Russians he's hunting down. You know, Nikita Kucherov, <laughs> he's a point behind him for the – Art Ross trophy, and then he's uh, three goals behind Alexander Ovechkin to win the uh, the scoring title and win the Richard trophy. I think that's something he would take a lot of pride in, not only knocking off a, a couple of, a couple of con- a fellow countrymen, but I can't remember the last time. That's been a long time since that's been done, Mikey, uh, where the same player has won the, uh, the Ross for points and the Richard for goals. You think uh... – Penguin fans uh, being enamored with uh, Daniel Sprong has finally sort of ceased now that the organization has kind of put things into perspective. Yeah, I think so. I think if he comes up here, and I still think there's a chance he comes up here for another lucky, uh, whether it's uh, down the stretch here, we've got 12 games to go, or we see him in the playoffs. I think people are starting to understand and trust Jimmy Rutherford. I think that's probably the biggest thing, Randy, mm-hmm. is – is they trust the reason why he's not up here is because he's not ready. And for no other reason. I think people earlier on thought it was something personal. It's not. It's, uh, you know, he, he leads the Wilkesbury Scranton in goals, but he also leads them in minuses. So, you know, until he can round out his game and you can trust him fully, you know, I think we've seen something in Zach Aston Reese that we really like in Pittsburgh. Seems to be our kind of guy. And uh, I think with the trade of Derek Broussard, I think all the Jets have pulled. As far as let's get Sprong up here, we need Sprong. We need to score goals. Scoring goals doesn't seem to be a problem for us anymore. We can do that game in and game out. If we can play more like we did against Dallas and keep the puck out of the net, then we got uh, something serious to be cooking on. Forky, did you get out and about and uh, did you get some vittles in uh, Manhattan? Yeah, we had our annual. Uh, uh, the Penguins are unbelievable, and if there's any other team that does this, the only reason they do it is because the Penguins do it. So Jen Bolano. Uh, who's the head of media relations and, and uh, took all the media out to dinner. And I'm talking the print guys. They were all invited. Everybody, AT&T Sport, radio guys, guys who work for Penn's TV, girls that work for Penn's TV, the whole slew of us out to Carmine's up in uh, Times Square. And we had a feast that was fit for a king. I mean, it was just mm. plate after plate after plate. We had three orders of pasta, and they're like, Hey, I hope you guys know that the uh, the entrees haven't come yet. And we're like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was it, it was it was gluttony at its finest. But you know what we did? We uh, we got all the food to go uh, that was left over, and we ended up handing it out to the homeless on our way home. Oh, uh-huh. well, I mean, you guys, that's yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, good deal. Well, glad you're having fun up there. Hope the Penguins get the uh, the W they need tonight, and Gino continues his run. Yeah, you know, Gino loves playing here at Madison Square Garden. And uh, from my reports, tell me that uh, we won't see Hank. We won't see Lundqvist. No. We'll see some young Russian kid, Alexander Georgiev, uh, some 22-year-old kid that's uh, only played a handful of games. And as you mentioned, no, uh, no Ryan McDonough, no JT Miller, no uh, 
uh, Rick Nash, no uh, Grabner. It's going to be a different Ranger team, but uh, you know the Pens love playing at Madison Square Garden. Sounds like it's going to be a worse Ranger team. <laughs> the Rangers yeah, cover, cover band. Two, though. <laughs> they won their last two. Sometimes, you know, Mikey, when teams, you know, after the trade deadline they and they make a lot of deals, teams play loosey-goosey, you know? Right on. So we'll see. Phil Bork, the old two-niner, this morning on DVE. Borky, always a pleasure. Crow, Randall, Valerie, and Michael. Man, this was a blast today. It also was good hockey talk. It is 22 degrees now at DVE. The news brought to us by Sport Clips. Stephen Hawking, the famed physicist whose life was depicted in the 2014 film The Theory of Everything, has died. He was 76. Hawking's family announced his death early this morning in the statement that said, we are deeply saddened that our beloved father passed away today. Throughout his life, Hawking defied the odds. When he was 22, he was diagnosed with a rare motor neuron disease and was only given a few years to live by doctors. While the condition left him unable to walk and speak, except for the use of a voice synthesizer, he went on to become one of the world's most influential scientists. His major accomplishment include outlining a theory that black holes emit Hawking radiation in 1974 and publishing the book A Brief History of Time in 1988, which went on to sell more than 10 million copies. In the statement, his children Lucy, Robert, and Tim went on to praise his courage and persistence as well as his brilliance and humor that inspired people around the globe. Yeah, I I don't know who it was. Uh, someone had a great tweet and said, maybe he's just leaving this universe for a younger, prettier one. Because <laughs> that guy, I mean, he traded in wives twice, right? I Unbelievable. Know. I didn't see that movie. You didn't have to. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it happened in just, real life Yeah, as well. you can just Wikipedia. Well, I know, but I, I don't know that much about his I do like that life. about like most people's sort of impulse is when talking about anything historical. I don't know. I didn't see the movie. JFK was there was only one shooter, right? I don't know. Never, never saw the movie. It was too long. <laughs> in World War II, never saw Dunkirk. Sorry. I heard Don Sutherland was great in it, but yeah, it was too too much. He's uh, one of those guys. There's a uh, you know one of the uh, rare brains to ever live uh, in our lifetimes. Albert Einstein, it Stephen Hawking is today. I think um, it's incredible. Yeah, and I mean just to be a prisoner in your own body and to be trying to solve the the mysteries of the universe. Sure. And then all I heard growing up was Stephen Hawking jokes. I mean, it's like the cruelest thing in the world mm. when you think about it. I uh, don't know how he pulled chicks. I mean, I understand him wanting to, but how does that how does that connection happen? I don't know. I guess, you know, if you saw the movie, he was like a horn dog before and uh, that part wouldn't change. And he said his friends asked him they're like, "Dude, how are you?" Pulling all this tail, and he's like, "Well, that part still works." So, how did that part still work? That, I don't know. That's the crazy thing. I have no idea. Democratic uh, candidate Connor <laughs> right. Lamb is the apparent winner of, of a all closely the watched great ideas he came up with. That's the thing you fixated on. How did his penis work? <laughs> One of the. I mean, to me, solve that mystery. Smartest man alive for his entire life. Astrophysicist without. Comparison. How did he get boners? How did he get boners? Connor Lamb, think- Val. Sorry. Uh, yes. Connor Lamb, the apparent winner of a closely watched special congressional election in western Pennsylvania. With 99% of the votes counted, Lamb holds a roughly 640-vote lead over Republican State Senator Rick Saccone. 
Here's NBC News national political correspondent Steve Kornacki. What we're down to here and why we start getting into this apparent winner declaration is today still they will count the absentee ballot in Greene County. By far the smallest population in the district. There's going to be about 200 absentee ballots. Lamb has declared victory, but Saccone hasn't conceded. Jackie Kane from Channel 4 tweeted uh, just not too long ago that in Washington County, official counts could take, take days or weeks to confirm. She reports there is a board meeting Friday to start auditing all precincts. And if Saccone's camp wants a recount, that could also take weeks. Lamb was on MSNBC this morning. He talked about what he learned on the campaign trail. Campaigning in real life in small rooms, door to door, person to person, it works. And I learned a lot doing it. And I think that helped our campaign an awful lot. I love that this is all going to come down to like four dudes from Waynesburg who are going to decide this thing. He also talked about party leadership. I think we need new leadership at the top of both parties in the House, and so I'd like to see someone besides Nancy Pelosi run, and that's who I would support. But I definitely would like to see a different leader than Paul Ryan on the other side. And what are things he and President Trump might be able to team up on? The infrastructure is probably number one there. We have a real need for it out here, just basic things like the structural efficiency of our bridges uh, is a big problem, you know, highway projects. Yeah, we got 446 bridges and they're all falling apart. And a rough pothole season has Pittsburgh officials digging deep to find money to pay for repairs. Yeah, yesterday, City Council agreed to more than $720,000 towards about three miles of city road repair. That money is being reallocated from the fire equipment budget and money put aside for new radios for public works. A bully bill introduced in the state capitol would put pressure on parents to change their child's bullying ways or pay up. State Representative Frank Burns says his proposal would give parents three strikes, ending with a court citation and a fine of up to $500. Burns says his bill holds students and parents alike accountable for their actions. Frank Burns eats worms. When you are at a stoplight, do you pull all the way right up to the car in front of you, and then you get pissed if the cars in front of that car are too far apart? I don't know. You don't know if you do that? I don't know if I do that. A new study found it makes absolutely no difference how close the cars in front of you are. Researchers at Virginia Tech wanted to know the optimal distance between cars if you want as many cars as possible to make it through the light when it turns green. So they tried a bunch of different distances Found really it doesn't matter. When the cars were bumper to bumper, they were all closer to the intersection. However, it took longer for each car to accelerate because they had to wait for the car in front of them to move first. Researchers tried it with about a foot between cars, six feet between cars, and 25 feet between cars. Which, if there was a car, even six feet apart, wouldn't you be screaming at them? Yeah. Researchers tried it uh, and said just as many people got through each time. There was basically no difference until they were more than 25 feet apart. So in other words, you don't have to ride the person in front of you at a red light. And it's actually better if you don't, because when everybody is bumper to bumper, also your chances of getting into an accident are a lot higher. Yeah, Serena is infuriated by me driving whenever. I just don't. I'm never in a huge rush. I don't care when the light turns. I'm not like, you know staring at it incessantly until it turns green so you talk and drive 
I stop. I check Twitter a little bit. Text a few people. Uh, my friend, last summer, she and I were going down to uh, Ohio Pile, and she's talking. And she was going so slow. And I'm like, dude, you're like 15 miles under the speed limit. You're you're using your hands to talk. I'm like, either drive or let me drive, and then you can talk. And And she's like, fine. And then puts the pedal down and takes off. And got busted for speeding like five seconds right after that. Like she gunned it and got a speeding ticket. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Just take your time. I just think about it. It's a clip in the system of you talking about getting all like that. He <laughs> 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 goes 90 miles an oh, hour. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you get honked at at a light, <laughs> you are, you know. Dale Earnhardt, take off, <laughs> show you how fast I'll go. Some woman on Twitter posted her method for ruining the night of people she has over to her house that she doesn't like, which I don't know why you, unless it's family and you don't have a choice. Uh, she boils hot dogs, then pours that water into an ice cube tray and freezes it Ooh. and then puts those ice cubes in the drinks. Dear Lord. Which I think it would just make them salty. Ew. Is this like somebody from Jackass's wife? <laughs> Who does She's that? just a jackass. That's pretty gross. Yeah. Creative, though. A for creativity. I mean, I would and, just, you know, maybe think about unfriending those people. Well, like I said, it might be family. Maybe you don't have a choice. Do you have your summer vacation booked yet? Yes. No. My family does, but I haven't decided if I'm going. If you're participating? 30% of people say they already have booked their summer vacation. Another 11% say they are planning on doing it soon. Which if you're, you know, if you don't just fly by the seat of your pants, you probably, I mean, it's high season for vacation. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Last year, I didn't have anything planned, and then they launched those flights to Iceland. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got, like, you know, one of the first ones, and we went out, and, and it was awesome. It was one of the best trips I ever took, in part because it was, like. So cheap. In, it was, well, it was cheap. And a direct flight that that was awesome. But what was, it was the also airline? Impulsive. Wasn't it like wow. whoa? Oh no! Wow. Whoa! That's whoa. the Joey. That's the Joey from Blossom <laughs> airline. Whoa! Whoa! I just broke the Nintendo. He just whoa. declared bankruptcy. By the way, did he? Joey Lawrence. Yes, they not... got to reboot Blossom. Re- no- nobody's rerunning them. Yeah, they need some Blossom money going there. Bring that back. People would watch that. By the way, that guy, his brother. On Blossom, yeah, Tony he was on the Dana Carvey show. Anthony, yeah, he was guy. an ambulance driver. Yeah, he was. The, he was a. He was an addict, drug addict. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was. I never watched the show though. He, he was. Uh, How do you know? About that? I don't know. Six. He, he was a six. Uh, you know. You know all the I, characters. I don't even know that Ted Wass was her dad, but <laughs> he was on the uh, Dana Carvey show with Stephen Colbert, Stephen or uh, Steve Carell. Uh, you know, Robert Smigel, Louis C.K. After Blossom? No, before. Okay. This is pre-Blossom. It's B-Blossom. I saw him as an extra in something recently. He played a hitman or something. Damn, there's those actors every once in a while. Like, they like sneak through. You're like, oh, there's that guy. guy in Blossom. Like, hey. like the guy who is was that in- Mr. Belvedere? Remember the, like, the stonery dude in uh, Clueless? He kind of reminds no. me of that guy. He kind of popped up in everything. He was in the movie 54 and it's kind of like, what are you doing there? He was in a bunch of 80s stuff or 90s stuff and it just never, never worked out for that poor guy. Trying to think who that is. And those kind of people, that must suck because they're walking around L.A. and everyone's like, oh, I know you from the thing, but you haven't done anything since then, so 
Sorry, I brought it up. <laughs> the face branding is still good. Huge. It's like Joey, the guy from Cobra Kai, right? Oh, yeah. That movie's coming out. Meanwhile, yeah, that's coming back. But what has he done since then? Johnny, I don't know. Tim and I watched this show that was on Netflix, and this guy who is in the series, I first saw him back in the 80s on the soap opera Santa Barbara, so I still call him that character's name. What's his name? Like, hey, there's Cruz Castillo. Cruz Castillo. What's the actor's name? A. Martinez. <laughs> a. Martinez. Come over here. That dude who was in Karate Kid, whoever that actor was. John, uh, he was in a bunch of stuff in the 80s, wasn't is he? Isn't that the blonde kid? Yeah. Yeah, he was always a Zabka. He was jerk. Billy Zabka. Isn't that his name? He, yes. He was He was the boyfriend of the, uh, remember the um, family vacation, the European vacation? Yes. He was the boyfriend of uh, the daughter. Yeah, he was always, he always played the jerk. He was the perfect yeah. jerk. People have probably just been walking up to him in Hollywood for the last 30 years telling him to put somebody in a body bag or sweep the leg. You might not recognize him if he's not wearing an acid-washed jean jacket, though. And a bandana. And a bandana. <laughs> Forecast today, windy, cold, and snowy. Temperatures in the 30s, but wind chills all day in the teens. It's 22 at DVE. Bert Kreischer announces the headliner for our DVE Comedy Fest, June 29th. Rory Scovel, Brad Williams, Sarah Tiana, Bill Crawford all on the bill. This is... Bert on the show yesterday talking about the first time he appeared at the DVE Comedy Festival in our uh, uh, the, the the very first year. For the first time, we're bringing someone back to headline, ladies and gentlemen. Your headliner for the DVE Comedy Festival. So pumped about 2018. This. The one and only, the Machine, Bert Kreischer. Kreischer. Yes, yeah. all right, yeah, all right. What's up, man? This means my, my career is moving up. Yes. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I remember I went second to last the first time I did it. I did it with Brewer. Yeah. And uh, Brewer was the headliner. That was the funnest, the funnest comedy night I've ever had in my life. <laughs> well, that's that saying a lot, a man. legendary night. I can't. My, my agents told me not to take this gig. They were like, they were like, there's a much bigger play in the market. We can do a theater by ourselves. And I was like, no, I'm doing this. This, is, this was so much fun when I did it. And then I found out who else is on the lineup, and I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to have another epic night. Well, so the first time we did it, it was with Jim Brewer as the headliner, uh, and you, Tammy Pescatelli, Greg Warren, and Bill Crawford. Yep, and we were in the van pulling up to the hotel after the show, <laughs> and Brewer's like, I'm just going to go to bed. And I looked at Brewer, and I go, Brewer, just give us one night. And he goes, ah, screw it. All right, let's go. <laughs> we stayed out all night long drinking, and then me, Dave, and Jim got on stage together. Me, No, me, me, Bill, and Jim got on stage together. Yes. And it was mm. phenomenal. We got hammered. I think we got high. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah. it was. We were up in the green room at the Rex, and Bill was on stage, and uh, I was trying to cajole you guys to get on, and you were like, Let's. We should go up there and just, just judge crash Bill Crawford set. Yeah, and you put two chairs up there, and you and and Brewer sat on the edge of the stage while Bill was trying to do his act. Yep, that was great. <laughs> and then and then you and Brewer did you know one of the most legendary collaborations ever uh, put on tape there at the Rex Theater. We did a couple. We did the uh, the origin of Goat Boy. Yes, remember that? Oh, yeah. The origin of Goat Boy. I forgot about that. Yeah, and then we told the Tracy Morgan story, and Jim did all the Tracy Morgan voices. That was that was crazy, epic, and that was our first comedy fest. We're like, <laughs> right, right out oh, of the box, man. How are we going to outdo this? <laughs> right, 
Uh, but Dude, we not to mention, not to mention, I told the machine story at the show. Yes, and and you guys recorded it, and it's got like five, six million views. So that night, we went to the Rex Theater, and just like you said. Jim Brewer told the origin of the Goat Boy story. You have a good story what about story? how you how Goat Boy originated. Goat Boy originally would I used to try to get free drinks, and what I would do as a teenager, I would pretend at Tourette's because I I knew if the bartender thought something was wrong with me, they wouldn't charge me. Are you serious? I swear to God. Are you? I swear to God. And what we do, and you have to do it, like, you can't do it in here, you have to do it in a quiet place. Wait, can we, can we act it out? Absolutely. Okay, all right. Who's the boss? So, okay, pretend, I want to, I'm going to, we're going to be, like, rubes, okay? And so we're all going to the bar with you, and the front of the stage is the bar, and we don't know your trick yet. Yeah, But I want to, I want to see if I can keep a straight face when my friend orders a drink. Okay. Okay. No, me and my friends, we want to do some <laughs> shots, and we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> and we just want to start off with a couple of shots of... <laughs> Jack Daniels and some... <laughs> you guys cool with... <laughs> the one thing about this... After that, the Tracy Morgan story, what needs to be told is that Jay Moore stole the story from Bert. Yeah. Bert told him the story, and Jay Moore stole it and ended a comedy special with it. Yeah. And it was it, Bert, Bert didn't want to tell this story on stage because he didn't really know Tracy Morgan that well and he didn't have a Tracy Morgan impression. So he's relaying this story to Jay Moore because he was touring with him and Jay said, dude, you got to put that on stage. He said, I'll, I'll go out there and do it. You watch and it'll kill. And he went out there and it killed. And then Kreischer, you know, didn't hear anything about it. And then somebody told him like, hey, Jay's doing that in his act now. Right. So it did not go over well with Bert that it had transpired that way. So awkward situation. He told sure. that was the first night that Kreischer and Jim Brewer met each other and they had sort of they bonded basically <laughs> over that story and decided, you know what? You're going to do it on stage tonight and I'm going to help you. And and Jim Brewer went up and did the Tracy Morgan voices while Bert Kreischer told the story and it was one of the like coolest comedy moments I ever saw. <laughs> so so the, so then he gets done his set and he comes out and he asks me if I'd like to get high. Hey yo, Bert Kreischer, <laughs> what you do for me? <laughs> yeah, I am Tracy. You want to get high? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm an adult. Let's do this. Go around the corners. So, so we go around the corner and he lights a joint and he hits it. Hey yo. You gotta get this all up in there, it's gonna really affect your membranes. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he passes it to me, and I hit it, and the second I hit it, I feel glass shoot down my throat. And I look to Tracy, and I go, What the f is this? And he says, Yo, that's where, that's where the magic works, baby. That's where, in your head, you feel like glass. But what it do is communicating with your brain. And it's about to unleash. 
And what I'm he was spare you mind, babies. I'm gonna take off my shirt right now, and somebody gonna get pregnant. <laughs> so, so, and that's when I realized I had smoked PCP. <laughs> All right, so you can check out that whole story. It's online. Did, is it on YouTube? All right. Will you shoot that out from the DV account? Okay. Uh, Producer uh, Joe is going to take care of that. You'll be able to see the whole video of that from the Rex Theater. Unreal night. It really was. It wasn't really pre-planned. No. At all. Not at all. Not. We were just hoping those guys would go over and check out the local comics, right. like the Pittsburgh you know, comics that were performing that night. And lo and behold, they all got up and performed. And that was the night Greg, Greg Wong got kicked out of the Rex Theater. Oh, yeah. He, because Greg got drunk and went to get some Chinese food. And when he came back in, he didn't have a wrist, a yeah, wristband. He didn't have a wristband, and the guy wouldn't let him up to the green room. And so someone's like, "Dude, uh, you got to come over here." Greg, <laughs> Greg, Greg's uh, getting in a fight with the bouncer, and I go over, and Greg's holding all this Chinese food, and he goes. I'm not wearing an effing wristband. <laughs> I'm, I'm forty. Adult, I'm forty man. years old, man. I'm on the bill. And so I'm like saying to the guy, I'm like, hey man, he's he's like on the bill. He's like, I don't care. He's got to have a wristband. And I was like, Greg, if I give you a wristband, will you wear it just till you get onto the other side? And he's like, yeah, but just because I'm hungry. <laughs> Remember when he crushed? It was from oh, Ki- yeah. it was the, from Cambodian kitchen. Yeah, Cambodian. Is that what it is? Sure. Cam- wasn't it Cambodican? Cambodican. At any rate. Just thinking about that gets me excited about how much fun this year's DV Comedy Fest is going to be. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, 9 a.m. Burke Kreischer, now your headliner. Brad Williams, Rory Scoville, Sarah Tiana, and Bill Crawford. Uh, it's brought to you by SouthHillsAuto.com, Disaster Restoration Services, and CW Electrical Services. Tickets go on sale 9 a.m. tomorrow at DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DV Morning Show. Mike. Sports is out brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Penguins are in New York to take on the Rangers tonight, 8 o'clock at Madison Square Garden and on your Penn's flagship 1059. The X before departing for the Big Apple. The Penguins were talking MVP and Evgeny Malkin's candidacy. Candidacy. I'll spit it out eventually. <laughs> Evgeny Malkin's worthiness for MVP consideration. Here's Patrick Hornquist. He should be up there for sure. Like uh, the way he's been playing here lately, is, it's the best I ever seen him play. And uh, you can see it on the, on the scoreboard too. He's one point behind Kucherov, and and uh, yeah, he's been good for us. And uh, it's fun to play with him too. Malkin is actually four points behind Nikita Kucherov now after a three assist performance for Kucherov last night in Tampa Bay, seven to four loss to Ottawa. It's uh, Kucherov with 91 points and Malkin with 87. In the goal-scoring race, Alexander Ovechkin has 42, Patrick Laine 41, and Malkin 39. No wonder the Penguins were talking yesterday about Evgeny Malkin's worthiness for MVP consideration. In addition to addressing that, Hornquist talked about why the line of Malkin, Hornquist, and Carl Hagelin has been working so well. Hornquist maintains that uh, that has as much to do with Malkin's will as Malkin's skill. 
both me and Hagi, we like to be on pucks down low, and and, and he, he's a big body too, so he he's comes in there, and, and if, if the puck is loose there, he he wins every 50-50 battle right now. That that's what makes him so so good, and and uh, that's why he gets so many points too, because he seems to always be on the right side of the puck, and he always seems to get those loose pucks, and that's huge in this game now, and it's so tight. Washington Capitals currently lead the Metropolitan Division with 85 points. The Pens have 84. The Flyers 81. The Columbus Blue Jackets 79. And the New Jersey Devils 78. The Penguins will be in Montreal tomorrow night as they clear out so that the NCAA tournament can take over PPG Paints Arena. We talked with Borky last hour about it, you know whether or not this was the best hockey that Malkin's played in his career, but... I saw Sully on the NHL Network last night saying that it's definitely the best hockey since he's been here. Yeah, I would agree. How could you disagree with that? I would agree with that. I think it's a good argument. Is this his best stretch? I'm still going to lean a little bit to the playoffs in 2009. Randy, you remember that ridiculous goal Uh, against Carolina? The uh, so sweet. Was that a wraparound, uh, 360 top shelf backhand? Backhand. Uh, I thought he back-checked brilliantly throughout those playoffs and was really a two-way threat in terms of playing defense as well as offense and being hard to play against. And I think when you do it on that stage, the playoff stage, you know, there's a little more at stake then and uh, the competition is a uh, a higher degree of difficulty. But he's playing marvelously and has been since January. 51 points since January the 2nd, and the Penguins, not surprisingly, are 21-8-1. It's just a comparison for the sake of comparison. It, it serves no useful purpose to try to determine which one is better. But, you know, given what we needed from Gino uh, at, the, at the start of this year, not the uh, not the schedule year of 2018, that is. That's when they had to. It's like you either do it now or you don't. And he's turned it up and been the best player in the NHL. Almost uh, as if they woke up on New Year's Day and said, oh, time to go to work. But he's also one of those guys that, you know, <laughs> I mean, so many times when Sid got hurt, Gino really stepped up. And it is encouraging to see him doing this while Sid's on the ice, number one. Number two, he's a guy that a lot of people follow. You know, as Sid goes, so go the Penguins. Could be said the same thing for for Gino, you know. Uh, And he's definitely matured in this run of cups and contention this year. Uh, he's not as much of a cartoon character like still, he was when he got here. Still takes the dumb penalty every once in a while in the third period when not, you don't need to. Not as often as he used to. Right. He's not as reckless with the puck, and he's really stepped up. I think you heard him the last two playoffs, you know, calling guys out when it was necessary, uh, offering critical commentary or, or response to losses and things like that. You know, when it, when it got a little rocky, he was trying to uh, – be a voice of reason, and boy, I never thought I'd say that about Kenny Malkin. Say, but uh, what? you know, stepping up as as a leader type guy off the ice, uh, we've probably never seen a more complete of Kenny Malkin than we're seeing right now. Whether or not he was an inch better in 2009 or not, uh, it has been something to behold. The NCAA basketball tournament got cranked up in Dayton last night. Radford defeats LIU Brooklyn 71. To 61, Radford gets to survive and advance on to play Villanova here in Pittsburgh tomorrow. And in the uh, nightcap game, it was St. Bonaventure and Mark Schmidt beating UCLA 65-58. to That was for you, Bob Lanier. That's pretty much what Mark Schmidt said after the game. I love that. 
It was 100 years ago. It was. It was important to them, and they remember, even if they weren't there then. A couple more of those first four games today, you were going to uh, say something? I was going to ask you what year it was. 1970. He was the first pick overall in the NBA draft. No, he was a monster. What was the size of his shoe? Do you remember? Isn't there a statue of his shoe? 24 or 25. Oh, wow. It was incredibly large. That's like Shaq size. I'm on his Wikipedia page right now looking for it. Texas Southern. uh, 6'10". Texas Southern takes on North Carolina Central tonight. That'll be followed by Syracuse and Arizona State. Steelers lost Chris Hubbard to the Browns. Uh, Hubbard reportedly gets a five-year, $37.5 million deal to go start in Cleveland rather than be a backup in Pittsburgh. Uh, Served the Steelers well, and he deserves what he got. And uh, good luck to Chris Hubbard. Congratulations to him. Hard work pays off. Yeah, really uh, really earned it. 22. 22. Bob Lanier's shoe. I, knew, I thought it was 22. 22. Oh, my God. You know what they say. Big shoes, big sneakers. Mm-hmm. That's like clown shoes size. Post-Gazette's reporting that the Steelers have offered uh, the low tender to restricted free agent Anthony Ciccolo. He was a sixth-round pick, so uh, based on the tender the Steelers have offered, any team signing Chicolo would have to cough up a sixth-round pick in compensation to the Steelers, who retain the right to match any such agreement. Uh, previously, the PG reporting that Chris Boswell, the kicker, got a second-round tender. I don't think uh, the Steelers would be in a position not to match an offer that Boswell got, but you never know what the— People might value a kicker. Uh, Arthur Motes, Justin Hunter, Stephen Ridley, Sean Spence, and Daniel McCullers set to officially hit unrestricted free agency at 4 o'clock. Double M, Mark Madden next, DB. Good? No worries, Joe. It's a DVE morning show. He's beating himself up in there because he wasn't right The on morning the show. Yeah, the DVE morning show. Right. Double M, Mark Madden is here from the afternoon show. The afternoon. On that, the X. On the 105.9 The X, which is uh, I understand is a great station. It's okay, yeah. Yeah. Down the hall, they say. <laughs> Just, Just down the hall. Keep going, you'll get there. Yeah. I'll have to see that some, one, one of these days. Uh, tonight is the great Pittsburgh steak and potato sports debate. Just sports debate. And I want to know what Oh, would time, it involve steak and potatoes? What time does the Mark Madden <laughs> mechanical bull challenge start? Is that going to be after or before the actual debate? You know how you and I were debating what it would take to pay you to take my place at the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate? <laughs> mm-hmm. Triple that. That's what it will take to. So $180, you'll do be Mark Madden. I'll give you $180 to go on the bowl tonight. If you want to. Heading in the right direction. <laughs> but a so long the way far away from the destination. <laughs> if the citizens all start breaking out 20s and. and that's yeah, what I'm saying. Pull, pull a kitty. What about if it's for charity? No. I bet you could get $1,000. Especially if it's for charity. <laughs> I will not do it. Oh, that's too bad. Because um, you could really have a good time. Well, here's the thing. It, I, I think you could make this the biggest charity event of the year. If you had Mark Madden's Celebrity Mechanical Bull Challenge, and then 
every month you brought in Sally Wigan, Edmund Nelson, uh, you know, local celebs. Oh gosh, Where did you come great. up with Sally Wigan and Edmund Nelson at the top of that list? I, I was thinking Don't about- get me wrong. I think it just might work. No. <laughs> Are you not in- intrigued by that? Donnie Iris. I want to uh, see Edmund Nelson doing it while he's eating ribs. Yes. I don't want to see Donnie. Donnie's old. Well, Donnie's in better Don, shape than me. I was just going to say. Like if I <laughs> Donnie's going to do a lot better. I could see like my pancreas just flopping onto the floor <laughs> at some point. The Mark Madden pancreas challenge. <laughs> right. The Mark Madden dive pancreas on the pancreas flop. like it's a fumble challenge. Yeah. Edmund Nelson. Edmund Nelson that might do that. That would bring his career total to one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one pancreas recovery. One recovery. One, one recovery in general. I think it's a good idea and you should think about it because Pompiani would definitely do it. It's at <laughs> Pompiani. No, definitely will not happen. Come on. Pomp on a bull. I'm hesitant to go to the actual debate itself, just for you know. Print, I mean, no, no appearance fee. Would you go? You're not going. No. There you go. I'm. I'm not a sports uh, commentator. You, yeah, you are. are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you cross over. No. Yeah. No, I got to host a show that has a variety of things, but I don't do a sports radio program Look, like you if do. I, if, if I weren't trying to shame you into going to the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate, we don't, you would embrace the role of part-time sports comic. Let me tell you something. I would go. No, you wouldn't. If you no, w- rode no, the damn no, bull. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll ride the bull first. Really? Well, you got to – there has to be some There's huge no penalty. no way. He just watched you ride it penalty. and then not – Yeah, no. would, would there be some kind of law or sacred oath – Binding me to get on the bull after you? No, see that's what I'm saying. Is I you think, have to, you no, have I, I would. Oh, I know. Yeah, there would be like a Joe Rogan jackass challenge if you didn't do it, and there would be like a court of bull semen or something like that. And uh, that no law would would make me drink or bathe in that either. No, just, we'd sign. Something. Who would be in charge I, of getting get that? Shenderovich <laughs> and Shenderovich <laughs> and Fishman. We get the lawyers involved. Shenderovich. Shenderovich. Bull from Night Court. Probably not doing anything. Uh, I can, I, 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 I can Shenerov- tell you for certain my word would not be good in this instance. <laughs> um, we'd, get the, we'd get your lawyers on it. Uh, Fishman has nothing to do right now. Really? I heard it was Shenderovich. Well, well they, one of the Shenderoviches. What if you did the They sh- always have something to do. You know why? Why? They charge 25% while others charge 40 Ergo, they're going to make up that ground. Uh, speaking of uh, making up ground, you got to get the money. The three that's, wise men—that's your money. The Browns seem to be making up ground. They seem to be signing everything they can. Yeah, right well, now. I'm impressed by the Chris Hubbard signing. Me too. I'm happy for him because I thought he had a heck of a year for Pittsburgh, and they—they they had a good offensive line to begin with. And I really—I don't know how Triv feels, but I think they really need to draft Saquon Barkley because I not only feel he's. Uh, a guy who can uh, really pick their franchise up in the long run. I think he's the closest thing to a quick fix as well, don't you? Absolutely. And they have, they have the fourth pick as well. They got two stud receivers. Uh, they a, went out and got Tyrod. A running game that you would expect Barkley to give them can go a long way towards stabilizing the quarterback position, whoever ends up playing you it. Th- you think they'll take a quarterback fourth if they take Barkley first? Yeah, I, I, I They'll think take it, their long-term quarterback fourth? Or maybe first and hope they get Barkley fourth. Barkley won't drop to fourth, I don't think. I think the Giants would take him. I would think Barkley would be the higher priority, therefore I'd take him first. Yeah. Even though taking a running back first overall is considered I think Barkley will be considered slappy. the best back in the league within a, within a year. I really do. I think he's that good. Uh, boy, that's quite a statement. And, and, and affordable, too. 
Like I was like the the, the Jamokes out there saying, <laughs> well, why don't we trade Lev Bell to Cleveland for that pick and take Saquon Barkley? Right, because they would just love to trade Saquon Barkley's rights when they would have to pay him like literally like 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 one fifth as That's much. That's what I've been saying. And, and, and no so tread on less, the tires. Exactly, so much less wear and tear. It's just silly. But the Browns are the Browns. They're just stupid enough to do it. And you know what? They might be just stupid enough to do it, but I, I, I don't think they will. <laughs> they might be just stupid enough to do it. I wonder if Joe Thomas is going to come back. Any any word on that, Triv? He seems to be setting himself up for post-football life. Yeah, I, I heard he's, he's, got, he's I heard saying, he might go to Monday Night Football. He's saying nice things about the Browns, though, so... Yeah, Rex Tillerson said nice things about Trump yesterday. Maybe he's interested in uh, <laughs> you know, going. You know, but this, they can't trade Bell. Well, I know, he's a free agent, yeah. but they would have to assign and trade, yeah. yeah. But that you know, just not being able to trade Bell doesn't stop the opining of the oh, internation. No, no, it does not. No. Would it be amazing if if uh, Joe Thomas retired and the Browns got good? <laughs> oh, that's uh, that said, feel terrible for that guy. Yeah, he's he's been. I mean, never. I can't believe he never missed a snap in how long until he got hurt this year. Yeah. Why would you drag yourself through that? That must have become like a a masochistic mission from God in his mind to play every snap for the worst well, team this is a This is a good sort of trivia question. Name the players who were great but played for, you know, in futility. Ron Bar- Shock. Barry Sanders. <laughs> Sally Wigan. Um, uh, uh, Pirate. The home run hitter. McCutcheon. Ralph Kiner. Ralph Kiner. And Branch Rickey said, son, we can finish last without you. Yeah. I mean, that's a good one. Charles Barkley, didn't he play on some crappy uh, Philly teams to begin his career? O.J. Simpson. Well, he never won a championship, correct? Never yeah, won a championship. Won but a I think they might have stunk for a little bit. I, I'm, I could be Alex Ovechkin. That. Although their teams have been good, they just can't yeah. get to where they... Yeah, they, but that's... They, they, that seems different than teams that just like the Browns just stunk. Yes, the yes. Bills when OJ was on, they just stunk. The Pirates finished last. They stunk. Right. The Caps have underachieved, and there's that that's somewhat better, I suppose. I mean, people would tell you Archie Manning. Sure they would because Oh, but, those teams were so bad, those Saints teams. And he yeah. was pretty good. He he was a pretty easy to like guy, too. Little gunslinger. Because what else was he gonna do? He had to make uh, <laughs> chicken salad, you know? <laughs> I don't know. The Penguins don't have that problem, though. They've been good for a long time, and uh, hopefully tonight they continue being good. Gino, uh, we were doing the needless comparison between now and 2009. What's the difference? You know, it might be because he's married and has a kid, which I know he just revels in. I think he's uh, very happy in his life, and I think, uh, you know, I don't know Gino at all. But do you think at all? But the 2009 season was a... Uh, the playoff runner now, what's, yeah. what was the better hockey well, he would say the playoff run. I would too. Uh, I would too, too because of the stakes bigger involved. stakes. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but I think he's playing so well, not just this year, but but dating back through the two Stanley Cups and in the playoffs of both those seasons, I think his game is just so complete, and I think he just adjusts to whoever he plays with as well as anybody uh, in hockey. I never thought that playing with Hornquist and Hagel would be a catalyst for him to score all <laughs> these goals, but it has been. It's just amazing how he said, "Okay." Here's what I got, here's what they do, and here's how I can fit in best. And full credit to Mike Sullivan for saying, hey, this might make Geno shoot more, create his own shot more, and as a result, score more. You know, I think there's some validity to what you said about his wife and and, and uh, son. He's a son. Yes. Uh, in 
golf, everyone was saying, wait till Tiger gets married. He's, he's going to find out how hard it is to succeed after he starts a family. But conversely, it seems like there are a number of hockey players who really settle in nicely once they get into the role of like having a family and Tanger, stuff. Flower. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen I've seen that in both those guys, too. The difference with them and Tiger is probably they're not banging 75 Perkins waitresses. waitresses. Yeah. Right, and Jocelyn James. Ever see her, the porn girl? No. Yeah, she's relatively attractive. How is she compared to Stormy Daniels? <laughs> Stormy Daniels? Yeah. Boy, that's like kind of a, bra- a blonde brunette thing. Did you know Stormy Daniels? Do you she's know She's been Stormy? on the show, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did she talk about Trump on your show? No. I, you know what? I don't know if she did. It was very... I heard she talked about it during commercial breaks. Well, on, on, your, on your show, yeah. Really? I don't I don't remember that. Okay. I mean, I... I yeah, because why would you? It wouldn't be... It, at the time when she was on... At the time, on. it seemed... Inc- like, like, if He's I remember... a pop culture figure. If I remembered every celebrity a porn star talked about banging on, you know, during conversation, it just, yeah. you know... But, but at the time, he was just some millionaire. Right. Billionaire, whatever. Yeah. Well, back to the fact that uh, it seems like these guys settle down and get families, and, and uh, it works really well for them in the NHL. You know, see, I think that, like... like People talked about how Tiger couldn't sustain success, you know, after he got married. People speculated anyway. But but I think for some guys, when hockey becomes the second most important thing in their lives, they relax and it just flows. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that'll be that'll be Sid's uh, one final big uptick if he you know gets <laughs> married and has a kid. Maybe that'll be. Although he'll never relax. He'll, no, you know he's just so, he just wants so tight, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think that's what motivates him. But you know, different strokes. Some people require different things to be successful. Oh, God, God bless the poor woman who's going to give birth to those freaky legged infants. Why would you say just that? Just coming out of there because it's going to be difficult. He's going to he's going to give birth. Oh, oh to with, like, with the actual big legs. Yeah, yeah. What if it's a breech birth? Right. <laughs> I caramba. No, I think that's just comes out like Bruce Lee, like. The kid, the kid will head straight for. There'll be a McDonald's wrapper on the floor, and he'll start sticking it around the logo. <laughs> I said that to Broussard when he goes on the show. Stay away from the McDonald's logo on the ice. Don't want to get near that. Don't don't get anywhere near it. Uh, Double M, who's on your show today? Ah, who knows? All right, that's it. <laughs> I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants, Ronald? Ah. Mm-hmm.